Jessica, and this is Debaki Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And for this episode, I am joined by my very good friend Mina from the K-pop Bookshelf podcast. How are you, Mina? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. I haven't had you on since the Extraordinary Attorney Woo episode, which is actually a lot of people have listened to that one. So I'm okay. guessing that most of our audience has listened to that episode and is familiar with you. So I'm excited to get going on this review that we're going to do today. We're going even further back in time in the K-drama world. We're going back to the year 2004. So review Full House. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I know when we before we get started, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and many more. And if you like us, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way for other people just like you to find us. And come check us out on social media to stay up to date on everything that we're doing. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at DebakPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, the best way to be a fan is to support us on Patreon. You can get a bunch of extra content. I swear I'm posting on there a lot nowadays, a lot of debacle reviews and final says and C-drama stuff, all fun and fun. And I think we also have like Disney stuff on there too. It's crazy. So we're constantly posting on Patreon. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And I want to shout out our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy City, Alana, Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, and Caitlin. You guys are wonderful. Love having you guys as part of the Patreon patron community. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying I live in Florida it is currently summer in Florida, and there is a summer storm happening outside. It's a thunderstorm. So if you hear some noise in the background, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just it's Florida. I can't change the weather right now. So for full house, what? my gosh. <laughs> you can't change the weather? No, I can't. <laughs> Not currently, no. Funny enough, I just watched uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs the other day. <sighs> For the first time ever, that animated movie. And I was like, wow. wow. So anyway, <laughs> talking about changing the weather. So my drama list synopsis for Full House. Han Jian, an aspiring script writer, lives in a house called Full House built by her late father. One day, her two best friends trick her into believing she has won a free vacation and sell her house while she's away. On the plane, she meets famous actor Lee Young-jae, through comedic events, they get acquainted during her vacation, and when she returns, she discovers that her house has been sold to him. Though they don't get along with each other because of her messy tendencies and his bad temper and zealous cleanliness, they agree to live with each other. In the beginning, Jian works as his maid in order to buy her house back. They alter their arrangement when Youngjae decides to win back the love of his life, Kang Hye-won. In a bid to make Hyeon jealous, the two protagonists enter into a contract marriage with a six-month term. Complications arise when the couple starts to fall for each other. Yeah, so we're going to get into it. This aired originally from July to September 2004. It is a summer show, and good for us. I have like 90-something degree weather happening outside, so we're in the peak of summer, y'all, in Florida. 2004 um I don't know if you if you care to say what you were doing in 2004 but I'll just go ahead and set the scene and I'll out myself I was 12 years old 
in 2004. <laughs> and your babysitter. We'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and to put it in perspective, Brad Pitt was still married to Jennifer Aniston at the time. This was the year that he met Angelina Jolie on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but they were still, he was still married to Jen. Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook in 2004 from his Harvard dorm. It was not the Facebook metaverse that we have today. It was the Facebook. It was called the Facebook. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Watch the social network if you haven't already. Excellent film. The TV sitcom Friends aired its season finale this year. I'm, I'm pretty shocked at that one, as a matter of fact. And here were some movies that came out in 2004. Kill Bill Volume 2, Howl's Moving Castle, The Notebook, The Incredibles, Mean Girls, Spider-Man 2, Shrek 2, 50 First Dates, and the third Harry Potter movie, Prisoner of Azkaban. What was on the radio? Well, I'll let you know, Mina. <laughs> we have... Please yeah, do. the single by Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. It won a bunch of Grammys and a Billboard okay. Song of the Year. Stop it. Stop it, Mina. <laughs> it's more okay. like, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to do I didn't want to do that, but yeah. <laughs> I went ahead and just did it. I got it out of the way. Uh also the song If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys was released this year and won some Grammys. Coldplay's Clocks, the song Clocks was winning Grammys and so was the band Evanescence. So, I mean, this was a it's year. It's a golden time for music, <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> Talk about golden era. But uh, honestly... This is the climate. This is the time. Only three years removed from 9-11. This is when Full House was released. Nobody had an iPhone. Nobody knew what an iPhone was. Okay. This is the flip phone era. This is LimeWire downloading music era. This is like blockbuster video the store oh. and like movie rental places. Yes. Yeah. Netflix did not exist. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I just want to set the scene here. When we're going back to 04, like, it's a serious thing. So uh, the show Full House is only 16 episodes long, and the director is Pyomin Su. He's directed things like Worlds Within from 08, which also stars um, Song Hye Kyo. He directed Heartstrings from 2011, which stars, um, what's her name? Oh my God, we just had her in the airs. Ugh, I forgot her name. I feel bad. Whatever. Is it Bae Suzy? No. Who's in Ayers? No. Ayers and um, <laughs> I feel terrible. But anyway, it'll come to me later in the episode. So Heartstrings, Iris 2, The Producers, The Third Charm. These are all his projects. It obviously was based on a web on a cartoon. Won Soo Yeon wrote the cartoon, and Min Hyo Jung wrote the screenplay. Min Hyo Jung really hasn't done anything else besides Full House. The only two other writing credits to their name: Rules of Love from 2005 and Cat on the Roof, the year before Full House in 2003. So I'm just gonna list off our two leads because Full House is led by Song Hye Kyo. 
She plays Han Dian. She was a grand total of 23 years old when she did so Full cute. House. And what do you think about Song Hye Kyo in like Full House? Because we covered the glory. We've covered her in Descendants of the Sun. That's 2016 and 2023-ish um, respectively. And honestly, she's done a bunch of other stuff. And I've we've discussed her in other episodes. But what? how are you feeling about Song Hye Kyo? In this show, I it reminded me a lot of like this era in K-dramas where there was a lot of, and not to say they're still not, but female protagonists who are annoyingly endearing, or at least that's what they want you to think. I kept thinking of Boys Over Flowers and John Dee, the character of John Dee, and how truly annoying she was and how much I actually fully hated her. Um, but I thought Song Hye-kyo in her portrayal actually managed as Jiyeon to be endearing. That was my opinion, at least. That she was cute and endearing, except she was also like clumsy and like, you know annoying dirty all those things <laughs> i agree completely so i feel like song Kyo has the reputation of being a serious actress like all of her characters are very stoic beautiful uh elegant and not very loose or bubbly or endearing like she is here in this role and this is sort of where i first saw her was in this show called Full House and granted I didn't watch it when I was 12 years old I watched it like 2012 2013 it was one of the first couple of years that I was watching k-dramas and I loved her in Full House and this Mm -hmm. kind of informed my opinion of her and her acting is that she can kind of do it all Rain or as I like to call him Rain so (laughs) Rain plays Lee Young Jae, the celeb in this show. He was only 22 years old when he did this show. He's gone on to do some other shows like A Love to Kill, My Lovely Girl, Come Back Mr. Ghost Doctor in 2022. He had a cameo in Under the Queen's Umbrella. And I think he's got a Disney Plus show coming out next year. Hwain Family Scandal is the name of it right now. What did you think of Rain in this show? Uh, I mean, I think he was obviously like, I don't know if the stunt casting is the word, but like he's there to be kind of play Rain, you know, because that was the peaker among the peak time of his popularity in Korea as an idol. So he's playing and he's playing kind of the spoiled celebrity idol guy who also acts and that kind of thing. So he was just playing, trying to play himself. I don't think the acting was very <laughs> great, but, um, you know, it was and he was so young, so I. I don't know how much acting he'd done before that, but, but yeah, he was there. <laughs> so he had played only her. He had been in only one other show before this, Sangdu. Let's go to school from two thousand three. Where get this, he plays a gigolo who's a father of a seven year old who's sick, and so he's sort of living below the poverty line just so that he can pay the hospital bills for his seven year old. It's, I don't know. I don't know if anyone has seen this show. If you have seen rain, did you watch this? No, no, I've never seen this show, but if you have, please, please reach out and let me know your thoughts on it. Cause I'm not, I'm really not (laughs) about to fit in this 2003 Sangdu let's go to school show with rain and his very first acting cred, but it seems like a heavy handed, role to play I'm, I'm curious how he was the dad of a seven-year-old at age like 20 and well also... he was play i think the character was like 27 was supposed oh, okay. to be 27 years old so he had the kid when he was about 
20. Anyway, that's like a di- totally different <laughs> show. So it's, you know, okay. tangent. But Rain as Lee Young Jae, I will say I still love Rain. I still love Rain in this role. I still love Rain as Lee Young Jae. There's something really boyish about his character and about his portrayal that really appeals even after 20 years. Like the show is about nine, 20 years old. And even though it's not the best acting whatsoever, I do feel like there's a vulnerability to the character that he brings out in certain parts. And that was almost mesmerizing to see those parts where he lets down his guard and be is is a little more vulnerable and open. Uh, they're yelling basically the whole I show, know, both the of whole them. Time. But I thought for him too, like similar to Hank. Uh, oh gosh, Song Hye Kyo. Song Hye Kyo. I was like, what was her name? Um, <laughs> yes, like he portrayed a little bit of it, like something that seemed more endearing as well. Surprisingly, like it would kind of catch me off guard because sometimes I was like, this character is so annoying. But then when the script was trying to make it seem like he had these, like you said, vulnerabilities, and was some kind of endearing, like because sometimes I was like, why does she like him, or why does she ever, you know, want to interact with him? It sometimes it made sense. So he, he definitely had moments. I think. Mm-hmm. What. Are your thoughts in general on the show? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Was it watchable after 20 years? Let me know. It's definitely dated, I think, in that you're never like, oh, this is happening right now in real, in present day. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely, it's watchable. And I love Rain just separately. So I really liked, you know, watching him and Song Hye Kyo. So like you said, a stoic actress, just like, classic beauty and they made her really kind of goofy and cute so I think it's really fun to watch now did you have any trouble getting through the episodes at all yeah it seemed you said only however many uh, episodes but I was like that's too many (laughs) it's too many episodes (laughs) 16 episodes was too many yeah I would agree with that personally I think if this show was made today it would be 12 episodes 8 episodes max I don't think that it's (laughs) It needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't know why that really got me. That made me laugh. Okay. No, I think that it's not warranted, the 16-episode count. What I mean by it's only 16 episodes is that for me, I blasted through these episodes. It was very easy for me to rewatch the show, and it felt like it was giving me the same high as I did when I first watched it the excitement that I felt watching this show was really all-time high something that is very different from my experience watching some of these other k-dramas that I've returned to and watched for the podcast where it was really tough to get through airs it was really tough to get through you're beautiful but for this one easy money easy yeah this one I think held up better than those than airs and stuff for sure yeah, I think it does hold up a little better than Airs or even You're Beautiful. There's some magical quality about Full House and the tropes that it employs, like the cohabitation trope and the contract marriage trope. Are you kidding? Of course, these are still around. There's still, you know, people still love these tropes. So I don't feel yeah. like if you come into this thinking this is going to be wildly different. No, in fact, this is kind of where those trends started right, was Full House and this cohabitation, this couple, this contract marriage was like the blueprint for other K-dramas to follow. So I really think that 
it's foundational. It's important. It did extremely well uh, in in ratings and in popularity. It was a huge export. People love this show. And I felt that even when I was first watching, it was like, this looks, even though it's freaking dated, everybody looks really v- mid 2000s in a yeah. in a shocking way in a shocking <laughs> way you're like oh my god the fashion everything yeah. that the second female lead is wearing is p- some level of atrocious i'm mm-hmm. telling you it is painfully 2004 but at the same time i feel like it's timeless I will say I uh, cover the show a little bit, Winter Sonata, in one of my podcast episodes, which was considered the first drama to really start Hollywood. And this one, too, is one of them. But that one was the plot was absurd, like absolutely absurd because <laughs> it employed all these tropes of like amnesia and this yes. and that. And and, uh, and like, you know, co- forced cohabitation. And it was kind of insufferable to watch for me now in present day. But Full House using those tropes, and I was getting a little nervous, actually. And I was like, oh, gosh, here we yeah, go. Like, yeah. Contract marriage and living together. But it actually worked. It, it just worked, I think, I think much better. Yeah. Whether it's because it had some good source material with the cartoon. A lot of people have said that the show is better than the cartoon. I don't know how true that is because I've never gotten my hands on the Full House cartoon, but I kind of feel like there's something to that statement because it is really watchable. It is, uh, this couple is really fun. Yeah. You know, they're annoying to each other. They're annoying sometimes to even watch, but there's some magic i don't know what they were eating on the set like i don't know what it is you're rooting for them too you're yeah it works out yeah Yeah, you hope it works out you hope they make it you hope they get over themselves you hope that they for the love of god communicate (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so this is not rain's first role and this is not song akio's first role but it just did a lot for the tropes. It did a lot for both of them career-wise because it was so popular. Um, what are some things that sort of made you think, oh, my God, this is 2004? Because I oh. don't... Yeah. <laughs> Everything? No. The clothes. The clothes. And the hair. The side ponies. <gasps> the little braids. How dare you? Her, like... No, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And <laughs> the... I actually worked in retail during this time. And one of my... I, I'm really not fashionable at all. Um, so I could relate to the character. But my friend, who is way more fashionable, was like, you got to wear Kelly Green. That is the color. And I was like, what the hell is Kelly Green? I didn't even know what it was. And she's like, no, that's the popular color. And I had all this, like, American apparel, Kelly Green stuff and I I watching this I was like in shock because she wears Kelly Green like every other scene like she wears so much Kelly Green does and also those weird little ruffle kind of ruffle skirts yes the tank tops the multi-layer yes. tank top <laughs> under the, and like everything was like really killing me the like Kangol kind of hats like Newsies hats oh my ones. god the kitten um, heels <laughs> the kitten heels yes <laughs> she was rocking every look that was in so yeah yeah it's definitely the clothes I was surprised at the outfits that they put on the second female lead, Hewan, her character, because they were pretty risque to me. Did Uh, you feel the same way? Yes. Yeah, a lot of skin showing. I was kind of surprised on like push up bra type yeah. of like thing. And I was like, is this allowed? I thought the same thing. I was like, why do I feel like K dramas now? And even in the last 10 years or so are extremely conservative when it comes to dressing their leads 
Right? Right. Because yeah, this. I had the same thought. Right. Because she's out here with like exposed bra straps and like frilly yeah. bra straps just out mm-hmm. and showing her arms. I was, I saw cleavage and I was like, yep. there is a lot. I'm seeing like her, the side of her stomach and stuff. I feel like I saw yeah. side boob. I was like, yeah. she's not dressing like terribly. It's just very no. runway fashion from 2004. <laughs> And yeah. for some reason, they don't afford that sort of um, risky <laughs> uh, look to yeah. leads nowadays or even second leads I, nowadays. I had the exact same observation and I don't know why that is either. But that's okay. interesting to think about. Yeah, super interesting to see that on screen. Uh, I think what ma- really shook me was the cinematography because – there was no cinematography. <laughs> um, everything was washed out. Had they, they never heard of white balance. It was just overexposed. It, like literally, all I can think of is just the color white when I think of Full House and the, the way that it was shot. Yeah. The landline that was in the house that was sort of integral to the story so many times was like they're waiting for calls. They're waiting yes. to, you know, I don't know. I was like how that was back then. You just sat around and waited for people or you sat in a restaurant and waited for someone to show up. Honestly, you panic. You just sit there for hours. You would just deal with it. Yeah. And they would answer the phone and not know who was on the on the line. Like yeah. they were just like, hello, <laughs> as if they they had no clue who was like <laughs> caller ID wasn't a thing in 2004. It was, but not everyone had it. So. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I mean. <laughs> is that they the phone that they had in the show didn't have caller ID. No. So they were just like, "Hello." <laughs> no clue who's on the other line. Um, it could be anyone. It could be anybody. <laughs> Again, with the front door. Now we have front door cameras. We yes. don't just pop over to people's houses. No, I was appalled. I was it like, was appalling. It was rampant. <laughs> rampant in this show egregious egregious they would anybody would just come over and they would open the door like hello (laughs) again like they have no idea who's at the door (laughs) that was really throwing me what a time to be alive (laughs) um and then i was confused also by a cup like blunders production blunders that were just kept in like what (laughs) like there's at one point you see a light like a production light in a nighttime shot and i was like is that the light that's lighting the scene and then there was a shadow of the of the camera passing over like i guess lighting but stuff like that the the little um icon or something that said this is like a wednesday thursday drama or tuesday wednesday drama or whatever it kept like popping up so it's like were they just like on a time crunch because yeah (laughs) Maybe they're just like, we don't have time. I don't know. But then there was even a shot where you saw a production person in the background. And I was like, you could tell it was an error because it's a like mid shot of rain from like the chest up. And you can see the background. They're at the full house and it's just wooded. And they're supposed to be it's supposed to be a very secluded area right? No other houses around. But there's this random dude in the background and then he like ducks out and I was like, 
This is a mess in the best way possible because yeah, it's I was gonna bi- say, it took it takes nothing away from exactly, exactly. <laughs> it only adds it enhances experience. it enhances it also why were there so many bugs in the frame so many bugs why are th- I, literally when you mentioned the woods I immediately was like oh the bugs the, the bugs, bugs. So bugs yeah I was so confused why there were so many bugs and like not little bugs I'm talking yeah. like a giant fly moths that you see come up mm-hmm. to the window and stuff because they're mm-hmm. in a very secluded area that was yeah a th- I was like I don't think I've ever seen a bug in a recent k-drama <laughs> well because I don't yeah I don't know what, what yeah uh, climate change who knows it was it was a lot though there's a lot of <laughs> So I know. So the location of the house, the full house, is a house built specially for the series. Wait, I want to pause for a second and just mention that because I don't know if anyone hasn't seen this, but Full House is the name of the house she lives in. Yes. Did you say that? Okay. It's like the it's just name of the house. We're not just weirdly calling it the Full House. No, 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 no. <laughs> It, I think I said it Maybe in the My Drama. The My yeah, Drama say, synopsis yeah, says it. Han Dian, an aspiring okay. scriptwriter, lives in a house called Full House, built by her yeah. late father. So yeah. when we say Full House, it could just use context clues. It's either the yeah. name of the show <laughs> or we're talking about the actual house. Okay. Yeah. So Full House is a house built specially for the series, and it's located in Gwangyeokshi area of Incheon near the airport and it's only a 10 minute boat ride from Samuk Harbor. I don't know if it's actually still there. I don't think Probably it would not. be. I doubt it. I it's doubt been it. 20 years. I don't think this house that was specifically built for the production is still there. I would be really surprised if it was. The house was made mostly of wood and cost about a hundred about a million dollars US dollars to build. So I'm glad you mentioned this because I was wondering like why are they on the beach and like what body of water and I was like how do they get to Seoul so fast all the time like they're going from there to like like Guangamoon in like five seconds like all the time and I'm like how is this happening and then he gives her a bike and I'm like okay anyway I'm getting ahead of myself but no like, but where is this house <laughs> I, I agree with you because there was some there's I think we're trained once we watch K-dramas that waterways are far from the city Except for the Han River, yes. Except for the Han you're right. Except for the Han River, every other body of water is far away. And this was, I, by the end of the show, I was like, this is not the ocean. This can't be right. the ocean. This is a lake yeah, or something. It, but it has like, it kind of had a wave, like a current to right. the body of water. So I was very confused. I was like, where are they? But you <laughs> said the harbor. So now I'm like, okay, it's something. It's, it's yeah. Something. Yeah, so but it's it still fine. it still seemed far fetched for them to run back and forth between like downtown Seoul and Incheon so fast. It yes, I agree with you completely. What would you say your thoughts were on the OST? Um, I liked it. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I also, yeah, I liked it. I have no complaints. I, I like the it. OST even to this yeah. day. I really love this the main song that ends every episode. I yeah. start, I just start clapping. Like yeah. I don't know. I get really excited. <laughs> it was this show and something in the rain where I'm like, why are the, why is like an English song playing so much? It was like that's the only thing that threw me about it. You know, There's... English language. I know there is something really strange, it, not the main OST, like there's like two main OST songs that they use throughout mm-hmm. the show that are not in English, but there's other OST yeah. songs and just needle drops that I don't know why they're in English and they're bad covers of different yes. songs, like yes. bad covers. 
And honestly, it just enhanced the experience to listen to some of these. <laughs> like there was a Dean Martin song or something. They were also kept playing, playing like 60s, like the Turtles. Like, imagine me and you. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is this? What is, where are we going with the soundtrack? It's very, it makes you whirl around and just think, what is going on? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme it of things. It doesn't. This but is the not. the main OST songs are good, like you said. Yes. The main OST songs are really good. Yeah, yeah. The main OST songs are good. And <laughs> this is not a serious show. Like, let me get this out of the way. Like, this is not. <laughs> a serious show this is criminally unserious okay yeah. like this is the the reasons why they get together are really bogus or even i i know we're gonna get to it but like her best friend selling her house bro an idol yes it okay so this is part of the synopsis i don't think this is necessarily a spoiler because it's just episode one basically but if how do i put this if I don't, I don't think I would be this gullible, but if my friends, my best friends since childhood mm-hmm. sent me off to Shanghai and said, <laughs> you have a free trip, enjoy, you're going to have so much fun, we'll see you when you get back. And when I, I get stranded in Shanghai, mm-hmm. have to borrow money from some A-lister that I met in first class mm-hmm. and pestered and lied to to get out of Shanghai back to Korea... And I get back my house that my father built. Deceased father, late father. Right, late father built. They sold it behind my back. I think I, there would this would be a crime drama. Yeah, for this real. This would not be a romance drama. This no, would be a crime or drama. Like comedic drama. I'd be like, yeah, this is, <laughs> no, no. So those two friends would not be my friends anymore to no, say the least much I, less ringing my doorbell like breaking into my house and all this other stuff so <laughs> I, I i don't want my blood pressure to go up and I I, because honestly i don't know how she stayed friends with them throughout the duration of the show yes she kind of was didn't put up with their bullshit for a few different scenarios that happened but yeah. for the most part she was on relatively good terms with them yeah. and they swindled her out of her house. That was her only thing. That's she said. This was the only thing I had. Yep. The whole that whole thing was weird because it's like you've won a contest. What contest? I didn't. Yeah, know yeah, a contest, yeah. You know. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, you're sure it's first class? You're sure someone's gonna meet me at the airport? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Just go on ahead. And like they totally played her. And then she like was pissed at them, but yet still was like in they were still in each other's lives and i just really couldn't wrap my head around that i was I, like there's no way there's no way you guys there have is to no change way. your identities and move because mm-hmm. i would be after you i would <laughs> you don't want to know what i would do to those two friends and what's sad is that like she basically had nobody else and i guess that's, that's what right. the show is also trying to say is that she had no other family no other friends just those two friends and then they yes. screwed her over an ironic name full house because it was an empty house <laughs> Oh my god, you're right. That's a great point is that the house is called Full House. The house had two people in it at max. Max, yeah. Max staying in it. (laughs) So like we said before, Full House considered a pioneer of the rom-com genre for K-drama and the drama was a huge success and helped propel the K-wave, Korean wave. And it spawned a spinoff 
see our season two, however you want to look at it, Full House Take Two, which aired in 2012. With who's in I, that? I can't remember. It's another set of like K drama, not K drama, K pop stars. Oh, okay. Good. I can look it up really fast. But then also Full House spawned a musical. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. wow. So it stars Nominu. Oh, I know this guy. I've seen this guy. Oh my God. He is in The Forbidden Marriage. That's the most mm-hmm. recent thing he's been in. Okay. In a bunch of other stuff. My girlfriend is a Gumio pasta. Oh, uh, okay, okay. If you yeah, look yeah, at him, yeah, you'll be like, oh, I know him. He apparently mm-hmm. was a drummer for rock band T Rex. Tracks. I don't know. Tracks. Probably Tracks. Yeah. 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 He's got a pretty face. So that's Full House Take yeah. Two starred him and some other folks. So. Oh, and then Huang jung she was in, she was in, um, she was pretty. Yes. Remember with Park Sojin. Yes, I know. Yeah. So that she was the female lead. Yeah. One thing that I liked was this quote from Song Hye Kyo where she said in an interview, in my previous work, I've only played very innocent, prude characters who are careful about their behavior and words. However, this time, Handian is a completely different character. She is so bubbly and lively that I could say she is a bit bizarre and freaky. Thanks to this role, I've noticed that my personality too has become more bright and lively. That's cool. Which is a nice, I don't, I don't know, it was a really nice quote. And yeah. again, just puts in perspective how Song Hye Kyo was choosing her projects back in the day, 20 years ago. And it's kind of crazy to see how she's narrowed in and been sort of typecast, whether it's by her design or just that's those are the scriptures she gets or what have you. I, I don't know what say, the case she's is. She's like double down on like serious yeah. kind of people. Yeah. It's really pleasant to see yeah. her in Full House, right? I agree. Yeah. Like there's something so nice about seeing Song Hye Kyo just sort of her giggling her like yeah (laughs) she's giggling she's goofy she's loud she's messy all these things it just makes her character really likable really likable so what would you give this show out of five soldier bottles i think um i honestly would kind of rate it high even though it's not like it's not like shakespeare but it is i would give it like four (laughs) <laughs> me too i think yeah. it's so lovely and really watchable so much fun i mean honestly a lot of fun even though the plot is super repetitive not yeah. much is happening in the grand scheme of things this was i feel like this was a genuinely cheap show to produce yeah. because they're in one location just the house basically and a yeah. couple other places it's literally just them in the house mm-hmm. and it's great it's it's yeah. really really because it's it's so character driven. Yes, focus on the characters. Yeah, like oh they're in Jeju and now they're in here. I mean, in the beginning when they go to Shanghai, there's a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. then there's not like those episodes and other shows where like they go to all these exotic places and now the whole yeah, ships, you know, yeah, it's not like Goblin or Descendants of the Sun or you know some of these other shows that in 2016 and stuff that was the trend was to just go out of the country and spend some money on taking the production overseas that's not the case for full house they went to shanghai well actually they did like film in thailand and some other places but yeah they did but it wasn't as elaborately yes like integral to the story right and what they were doing 
Yeah. As it is in other shows. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just them just going stir crazy in the house and fighting (laughs) and yelling and Uh getting misunderstood and not communicating and just it's very childish and maybe that's what I like is that I'm getting the high of maybe a high school show without the high school yeah it's like it's like a WB show like like, (laughs) or UPN show (laughs) am I dating myself I'm just thinking 2004 you know like it gives it's giving Uh, Dawson's Creek it's giving like yeah you're (laughs) Veronica Mars or something I don't know it's like giving these old shows of that time at least in the U.S. like we had so Mm -hmm, I liked mm -hmm. it a lot yeah, I think it's I think nowadays is probably a guilty pleasure. For sure. The last thing that I'll say before we get into spoilers is I was posting some TikToks about Full House and this came up in the comment section. Some people were like, this is this rain? Oh, my God, rain looks so good. And then some people started posting about rain stinky breath. So real quick. Yeah. This is a vicious rumor that was started by an asshole idol who is now blacklisted and canceled for talking shit online about Rain and other celebrities. So if you... That's not why he was canceled, though. No, that's not... That's not even why that guy was canceled, but I'm just saying... He just sucks generally. (laughs) Yeah, he just sucks. So that guy who was posting about rain's breath being stinky and i don't know why this rumor still persists and people either believe in it or they believe in it as a joke either way i don't find it i don't find it that funny in fact it was a pretty it's not that funny and i all have bad breath sometimes like i don't understand you know it's just (laughs) it's it was concerning when people were commenting on it on the video in mass and i was like i don't are you joking or are you serious that you believe this rumor? I couldn't tell. And that was what was scary. <laughs> That's why I wanted to bring it up now is because this is rain 20 years ago before the internet basically was the internet. Yeah. And uh, some of y'all are real goofy talking about rain's breath when you're not even like you were not even a thought in your mama's brain when he was making a name for himself and putting out music. And if you're listening right now and genuinely think that Rain's breath stinks, you better check yourself because your breath smells like stale hot Cheetos and underage drinking. I swear to God, if I if you genuinely believe that Rain's breath stinks it, in a real palpable way that's like off-putting to other K-pop idols, I don't know what to tell you. I will also say, A, that's not grounds, like that has nothing to do with anything. Even if it right. was true. And right. What does that mean? I don't, that's not like an insult, really. <laughs> right. I don't know what that's supposed to say. The other thing is, I don't know, to contextualize for people who may not know about Rain or don't follow Idol or K- Idols or K pop, Rain is like, let's talk, it was the, huge. Yes. Like, let's talk huge. about the Rain of it. Because he, he was a phenomenon. Yes. Okay. He's a legend. He, was so huge and he didn't have a group to help back him up so it's not like if you didn't like like most people liked rain it was like i picked this member or that member to like you just liked rain himself and he was the height of like sexy and like doing kind of innovative things that wasn't really happening in korea to that extent he had offers to do and he did do i think hollywood movies i know a long time ago he appeared on like the Colbert Report or some like American thing. <laughs> this is before K-pop idols routinely showed up on late night American talk shows. You know, I knew who Rain was before I knew a single other K-pop person, like years and years before I got into K-pop. And it's, you have to respect, like you don't have to like him or care right, about him, but right. you have to understand and respect that he was like a really groundbreaking mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he did so many things. And a lot of the people you like now, if you're a K-pop fan, were inspired by him. 
Mm-hmm. So you can hate him or like clown him for his breath or whatever you want to do, but he was and still is a legend and he might not be the best like morally person. I don't I have no idea. Like as far as I know, he's like not like a scandal ridden person. Um and he's a father and he's a husband. He's got his own like life. He has uh, a group called Cypher, I think, which is like a boy group now that's debuted recently. So he has a lot going on and if this is what you want to choose to pick on him for, you can, but like compared to him, you're probably no nobody. <laughs> just say. Just say. Just say. And I'm okay. not like a huge rain, like, you know. I like his music, but I'm not like Honestly, you know. I think the bottom line is put some respect on his name because yeah. Rain was doing this way before your favorite idol. And again, he's a pioneer. <laughs> and yeah. I think a lot of people also don't like Rain because of his association with JYP, who was a tremendous mentor to him and um, signed him to JYP and stuff. I think a lot of people also don't know that Rain was pretty groundbreaking in that JYP and other industry insiders were telling him to get plastic surgery and get the yep. double eyelid surgery, and he never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen him on other shows being like, oh, I auditioned and didn't get into SM Entertainment or like I auditioned for all these other companies. I don't know for sure if like JYP gave him his break or his chance or whatever. But I mean, they do have a professional relationship. Everyone finds JYP a little cringy and that's whatever. But um, <laughs> but on he, he stands on his own as well, you know, regardless of JYP associations, I, I think. Yeah. At least by now, for sure. I agree. I agree. Also, watch him in Ninja Assassin from 2009 because that movie is trash, but I lo- it was it's like good <laughs> trash. So <laughs> on that note, I think we're going to get into spoilers for Full House. So keep listening if you want to be spoiled or have already watched Full House. Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers, so we're going to talk about Full House and all of the plot details. Not too many plot details because there's not that much to talk about. But, Mina, I think you had something specific you wanted to start off on, so hit me with it. Okay, I want to know why her bestie, aka someone who defrauded her, Jinhee, why was she never showing signs of pregnancy? Okay, so... really bothersome to me i have in my notes bff who is pregnant but never looks pregnant question mark question mark because the whole thing of why they robbed her of her house and sold it under her was because she was pregnant and they were a couple of bums they had no money she got cut off from her rich dad and they They were like we're not married yeah they were yeah out of wedlock and stuff they were pregnant out of wedlock and they needed money they needed funds or whatever for the baby Evidently, there was no baby because she never appeared pregnant throughout the course of the show. And I'm talking like they, it it was illogical how she never seemed. Like she was a size zero the whole yeah. time. <laughs> right. Right. But she also kept saying like the baby's coming soon. The baby's any day now. It's coming soon. Or like what it's, the hell is eminent. she talking I was like, no, I don't think so. No, it's not. And they kept like looking at her belly and being like, oh, the baby. And like, what what baby? What baby? Where are you hiding this baby? Because she was not with child. There is no. no way that woman was with child. No. And I remember thinking that too when I first watched Full House was like, what the fuck is this? Like, she's not pregnant well, in no way. They had some like health scares where like she gets pushed or she falls and it's like oh no we gotta get the baby like we gotta go to the hospital and make sure the baby's okay and it's like 
okay, fine. But then later there was like, she looked exactly the same. Like there was never even a hint of a bump or a hint of anything. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no morning sickness, I, nothing. I hated it. I hated it so much. And something else that I had a question about was Rain comes from an affluent, well-educated family. His father is a surgeon or a doctor in a hospital setting. Well-regarded. And they said that Rain also got into medical school. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. Do we actually believe that Rain was a smart cookie and could get into medical school that character okay i read this as more of like a nepotism thing and i don't know how (sighs) easy or difficult it is or was back then to do that to be like i'm the like chief of whatever of this hospital so my son's going to med school and the fact that it seemed like rain's character didn't go to med school and didn't become a doctor to spite his father Mm -hmm. so it wasn't even about like his smartness or lack thereof was not relevant it was just like i'm here to disappoint my father You know, it never occurred to me about the nepotism thing. Wow. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know. But in the world of this, it could be. Like, why not? You know, this lady's never pregnant. You don't need to actually, like, apply to med school. You could just have your dad call in, call you in to to attend. But I don't know. I also feel like Rain's character is a little bit, had a little more integrity than that. I don't know. Maybe Maybe for med school, he was a little more serious and for everything else, he's pretty goofy. But anyway... Uh, let's talk about episode one because it starts with Rain shirtless in bed. Yeah. Which that sets the tone. That sets the tone for the whole show. Is like Rain getting up and going through his routine as a celebrity and he has no privacy and he doesn't like when people are asking about his private life and who he's dating and the tabloids and all this shit. Like it's established mm-hmm. that he wants some distance from the city and it's no surprise that he gets this he wants this house that's secluded and by this lake and you know there's no paparazzi whatsoever at the house the friends swindle her and they sell they send her on the trip the flight over (laughs) (laughs) to shanghai oh my god is a comedy of errors it's hysterical what did you think of this sequence well Okay, vomiting on rain. Gross. Um, <laughs> the embarrassing. Cute. The meat yeah. cute. It's just one of the best meat cutes I've seen because it's preposterous and yes. it's unrelenting. Everything that she's doing on the flight is unacceptable to yeah. pretty much any standard. Like it doesn't matter if you're a person who likes to dress up for flights or go in your PJs and take a freaking teddy bear with you everything that she's doing is just bad practice (laughs) on a flight right just reaching over him asking for more food asking for this asking the flight attendant for that and then getting ill enough to puke on him and because she is shoveling she's shoveling food into her gullet and, and there then, like, is no noticing her in flight magazine and being like, "Hey, are you this celebrity guy? Is that you? like yeah. tapping him on the shoulder? Like, is this you?" And he's like, "Bro, leave me alone." <laughs> he was like, he pretends to go to sleep, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, okay, rude." And I'm like, "Shut <laughs> up!" Like Song Hye please. When she's tossing the nuts up and she like taps yeah. him, she's like, "Did you see that? I caught the nut in my mouth." <laughs> she catches it with her mouth. 
the throwing yeah. up all over it but she's like looking oh, at his God. customs declaration card trying to like <laughs> to figure out how to do it and he's like <laughs> like they're take as if they're taking a test in school right. and she's copying him and he's like Ooh, like leaning over I it's thought that so great was like you know how that you put on those cards like what address you'll be at in yeah, the country yeah. you're landing in. I th- I thought he was like covering it because he was like this this could be like a crazy psycho stalker uh, <gasps> fan of mine. So like yeah. I don't want to know where I'm you know where my address in Shanghai is going to be. So I'm covering it. Maybe I'm just too immersed in a. I that's sure that that's I, what I you thought. know that's something that I didn't even think of <laughs> that his address might be on there. And he doesn't want her looking at it. I think she was just, it's not just that she's nosy. It's that she does, she's literally never been on a plane before, never been out of the country before. So she doesn't know how to fill out the, what to put on the customs card. Um, (laughs) That she vomits all over him because she taps him and she's like, I don't know if you know this, but this is like my first time on a plane, my first time (laughs) flying. Did you know that you can swallow to get rid of like the pressure in your ears and he's listening to her just rolling his eyes doesn't want anything to do with her and she's like watch me i swallow like this and she goes like this oh my God. to swallow <laughs> and she goes what just vomits all pukes all over him it's hysterical and his shock he's I- just like it's like shell shocked. It's not even upset necessarily. He gets more upset later when he's trying to get the vomit out of his shirt. But yeah. oh my god, it's comedy gold. I was recently in London a few months ago, and they had this exhibit for the Hallyu Wave, the Korean Wave, at the Victorian Albert Museum in London. And one of mm. the things they had was like all this K drama stuff, and they had everything like K pop, K drama. And they had they were just playing on a loop with the scene of them on the plane but it wasn't like the whole thing because you didn't just watch her projectile vomit the whole time but it was like her like <laughs> sitting down like him sitting down and her being like oh, are you the celebrity and they just kept yes. playing up and I, I was like I was like oh full house I need to watch that and so yeah, uh, that was great to see later oh yeah. my god yeah it's such a good scene and really the hijinks that happens the sort of slapstick comedy is so common I feel like now in the lighter k-dramas especially not like the Squid Game, yeah. All of Us Are Dead, Kingdom yeah. ones, but <laughs> the glory didn't have any of this. But you, you feel me? No. Yeah. Her meeting, her meet cue with the second male lead. Yes. <laughs> when they go to the hotel, she finally gets to the hotel. She stiffs the cab driver. That was brutal to watch. <laughs> brutal. I think you can possibly die of secondhand embarrassment from watching the yeah. show. <laughs> Because everything Certainly that she the does, first episode of the show, the, yeah. yeah. So she gets in there. Obviously, there's no reservation at this nice hotel. But the second male lead rolls up, starts speaking Japanese on the phone. And when he hangs up, he looks at her because they're both standing at the check-in counter. And she starts talking to him in, in Korean, Korean, thinking he's Japanese and doesn't understand Korean. And she says so flat. Why are you looking at me? Do you think I'm pretty? And I was like, uh-huh. oh, shut up. Like, just shut up. So I'm going to kill. And he ends up helping. Obviously, they turn to her. The front desk girl goes, you have no reservation. And she doesn't speak Mandarin. English. So, or, or oh, English. yeah. No, was she, she originally started in. Uh, yeah. And then she's the front desk lady switched to English and she didn't understand either. Right. So then he swoops in and saves her and he starts talking in Korean. And I was like, oh, God, 
this is so embarrassing. And he helps her get the reservation set up because he's speaking to the different desk lady in English. And uh-huh. when he walks away, she's just like, oh, <laughs> like she puts her head on the counter and just, uh, it was yeah. such a great moment. And he walks away smiling, yep. which is an even greater, like even greater, right? He's he was just so entertained dapper and handsome and <laughs> oh, cute. And God. I was like, oh my God, I love him. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I... I just love those meat cutes. I love that bit of episode one because it hooks you in right away. Right away. Mm-hmm. The first episode also had something that was really questionable because towards the end, Rain brings her to this dinner with the second female lead and the second <sighs> male lead, thinking that there's this huge misunderstanding. He thinks that Song Hye-kyo is the ex girlfriend of the yeah of the best friend minhyuk the second male lead and he gets upset that that's not the case she just said this made it seem like she was related to him so that he would give her money so she could get the hell back to korea because she had no funds and he motions to like hit her like he goes like this like raises his hand to hit her and I remember this distinctly that she calls him out on it saying like, oh, yeah, oh, you're a real jerk and taunts him and goes like, hippie, hippie, go ahead, like hit me. Yeah, and then great. boom, she headbutts him. Yeah. And he's like, ah. Oh. She was so. I was like, so damn, special. girl. Like, yeah. She's like shameless. Yeah, and I, so to get a, into the more, like, a little bit into the more, I guess, um, poignant parts of her character, she is an orphan. Her her parents died in an accident when she was in middle school. She had to bring herself up in this giant empty house somehow, which they never fully explained how exactly that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her only two friends in the world, like, are jerks. And so she doesn't care. Like, she kind of has, like, no Fs to give. She doesn't care if you're a celebrity. She doesn't care about like you know kind of pretense so when Mm -hmm. he's acting like that with her she doesn't care she's Mm -hmm. like oh well go ahead and hit me what are you gonna do like doesn't have any (laughs) could care less she's nothing to lose by being Mm kind of tacky and she kind of is like like etiquette wise a little on the tacky side because oh super tacky her yeah yeah at the party uh later i think in episode two they go to like this launch party and she shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? Because the, he he refused to take her to the party. So she just shows up and she's eating at the buffet and she dro- yeah. she drops like chocolate or something on her dress. Yeah. And he's like, she's the like, oh, The way she was darn. filling up her plate too with like every, everything mm. from the buffet table. I and, know. Like eating, from, like eating stuff from the buffet table while also like trying to put on the plate. Was it was... It's a little, it's painful. It's painful to watch. It's a lot of cringe. It's a lot of cringe for us, a viewer. Yes. Um, But she has, I mean, you touch on like her personality traits, but I also think that she has a lot of pride because when she finds out that Rain has bought her house and he's living now in her house, he asks her if she's homeless and she never thought of it that way that right now she's destitute and homeless and he tries to give her money out of pity. He's just like, just take this money and go and live your life and like figure out your situation. And she takes this gesture so badly. <laughs> she doesn't mm-hmm. consider herself at all homeless. And out of pride, she rejects the money and storms out. So mm-hmm. 
it's it's interesting to see how she I mean if I was in that situation and someone was like here's a wad of money for you to just get back on your feet I would be like you know what thank you because I don't have a penny to my name right now they've cleared out my savings she doesn't have a home like she really didn't think it through and was had a bad temper about it whatever you want to call it and she storms out of the house yeah but i think the fact that her late father built the house with his own two hands and designed it and that's all she has of that family yes that's all that's why she's like i'm not fucking leaving like look like (laughs) but then also my thing is she doesn't report the friends to the police no which would essentially start the criminal process because they committed a crime (laughs) so I don't understand that either. It's like she has no, like she wants to stay in the house. She's imposing upon this guy who thinks that he bought the house fair and square when really it was fraud. And like she doesn't try and remedy the situation in any legal way. I I wondered about that too. I was like, is it because she doesn't have like legal funds, you know, for that or like what that would entail? Like, it's not as simple as you file a police report and it's over. You have to like get lawyers involved and you have to like go to court all the time. And she has her little internet writing to do or however she makes money or what is whatever she does Mm -hmm. before this happens. So (laughs) I wondered if that was, and also the loyalty to like her friend, uh, Dongwook, who is the the guy, right? The couple, her couple friends, um, that that's her childhood friend, and maybe he did in some point in her life look out for her, and he she does view him as family, so she mm. wasn't gonna sell him out, even though they sold her out. Literally, she wasn't gonna sell him out. I don't know. That's that's just the thoughts I had about that because I also was like, can you sort this out a different way? <laughs> but I think. Yeah, that that whole thing is like a debacle to me. It's very baffling to see how she handled the situation. But one thing that I think is really nice about the show is in rewatching it, I saw that Rain's character, Youngjae, started to like her almost immediately, which I thought was very, I don't know, it just made me really happy. You know, he kicks her out of the house in episode two. Yeah. She catches a really mean fever high fever and he takes care of her and he cooks her porridge and he lets her stay in the house and all this stuff and then when she is pissed after he offers her money she goes down the street to the local bus stop and he watches her he is driving out for something in his little tiny mercedes car (laughs) and he's watching her at the bus stop like annoyed He's, he's like annoyed when she mouths off at him, but then he wants her to be okay and he's worried about her well-being and he sort of tricks her into coming back to the house and be signing this weird agreement that says like, oh, I'm going to be your maid, live in maid, and I'm going to work off like the value of the house or something like that. Yeah, it's really weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Which he doesn't have to do all this. You know? I know, I wondered, like, I kept trying to think of reasons, like, their motivations for everything that they were doing, because, honestly, the first few episodes, I was just baffled. I was like, this is all happening too fast. Like, she's she's in Shanghai, and now she's, like, penniless, and now she's back in Korea, and now she's on this, like, double date, and, like, all this <laughs> stuff is happening so fast. And so, um, 
with regards to like why he wanted her around like i think he liked her like you said because maybe the fact that she's so like doesn't have pretension does not is not phased by him being a celebrity and he that's refreshing for him because everyone's always like trying to grab his attention and impressed by him everywhere he goes and she's not really and that she has her own pride despite like he was like here i'll throw money at this problem like i do to all my problems maybe and that didn't do anything for her and then um but i think he didn't want to be alone yeah he wanted seclusion and all that he just didn't want to be alone alone Mm -hmm. so yeah exactly i think he really craved that extra person because he's been alone for so long he doesn't have a good relationship with his family he eats alone and everything and so her is she's livening up his life and even in episode two where he refuses to take her to the launch party he gives her shitty ass script to his manager at the party and is like hey like check this out and see if it's any good and even though he doesn't say like it's this lady that's living in my house who swears this is her house and she's now my live-in housemaid um he doesn't give any of that context but he actually is trying to look out for her and trying to push her work forward and i was like that's a huge step you know i think it humanized him because it's especially nowadays in k-dramas when you see chibos or like celebrities or powerful people characters they're always like heartless cold and horrible and yongjae character is so humanized he has this like whole back like sad sob story backstory this thing with his family his life isn't easy i thought one of the really well done scenes and you're the film critic so you tell me but was <laughs> in episode one <laughs> when he's going through the press call or whatever the press thing like continuously saying the same like regurgitating the same answers to the same questions to in like various languages and like Mm -hmm. these kind of canned responses and his life isn't that great even though he is a celebrity and what most people especially in 2004 perceived of as being like godlike or being like the luckiest man on earth he wasn't Mm -hmm. that yeah i love that scene i love that scene and it reminds me i don't know if you were privy to the press tour of a star is born with lady gaga and bradley cooper a little bit okay this i mean this was a phenomenon but because of the internet this made the rounds of lady gaga doing the canned response of it whether there's a hundred if there's a hundred people in a room all it takes is one person to believe in you and she said this same thing every time and it became so memeable and so funny to hear these super cuts that people made of her saying the same freaking response over and over it's real like that felt like a very real scene not only is it real but now going through in modern day yeah it not only is real in modern day we have that context now that like the the smoke and mirrors of being a celebrity is a lot more lifted now compared to in 2004 where that might have been people's first time realizing what it's like to go through a press call like that damn what right right exactly i completely agree with you that it did pull back the curtain a little bit and inform his character and see that he's lonely yeah you know, poor little rain, poor little rain, but don't feel too bad for him because he's like kind of a terror the rest of the show, a little bit of a tyrant. So I was confused about the second female lead because, oh my God, let's talk about (laughs) one because one is a freaking mess. Yeah, a mess. (laughs) And she had feelings for uh, Minhyuk, the second male lead. So there was a love square that was happening in the show for the bulk of it if you're into love squares then good on you this is a show for you um this so in episode two she is trying to assert her feelings over the 
the second male lead over Minhyuk and Minhyuk is not having it. He's like, I don't like you. I see you as a sibling. It's not, we're not good together. I don't, you know, you don't really like me. He's challenging her feelings. And he says, also, Youngjae likes you. Youngjae has feelings for you. And it never occurred to her in all the years that they've been friends that she is, has friend zoned uh, like Youngjae essentially. (laughs) And yeah, so at this big party, she ag- like aggressively and cruelly confronts Rain about his feelings. And she's like, do you like me in a ve- like maliciously, you know, and yeah. challenges him to confess on the spot. And that's when he goes, he instead of actually, uh, you know, broaching the subject with her, he takes it badly and he says, I really like you, Han Jiyun, <laughs> and grabs Song Hye-kyo's character and pulls her in for a kiss. And that's how the episode ends in this big, like, oh, my God, with all of these other celebrities and people in the industry and paparazzi and media there. He does this huge gesture in front of everyone and declares that he likes Han Jiyun. So it just spirals from there, the contract marriage and stuff, which... I don't know why they would jump to marriage after that. <laughs> like, I think because, like, in conservative societies, it's hard to justify living together as like a guy and a girl unless you're <sighs> married or engaged I, oh, or something. You're right. I, yeah. I don't know. That's, again, that was the only thing I could. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking all these things. Like, what is more? I need like more backstory to be explained, and they didn't explain like anything. So I was just filling in my own blanks <laughs> as far as what's going on. But I, that was my take on it. Was like they needed to like show like a legitimate reason to be living in this house together. Other yeah. than she's my live-in maid. In episode three, she gets kidnapped basically by his estranged family. And she meets the grandma for the first time, the harmony. And Han Jian has no idea how to kowtow. Yeah. Like the big sure. bow. Yeah. And right. it's funny. It's really funny. And even now I think it's funny. The grandma is not happy that her parents are dead and that she's that she's 20 she's only 23 and that's what she says in the show that her character is also 23 so she matches the age of the character in real life mm-hmm. and i thought this was so refreshing this is something we don't see in k-dramas nowadays this overt koreanness right like what is the grandma so upset about right it's that he got engaged and she doesn't, she's never met this girl before. He's never taken her by the house. He's never introduced her to the family. She's just going to become part of the family without having met them. And that's why she's upset because in their culture, that's just frowned upon. And then she comes and meets the elders. They kidnap her. Like they're, they're like, get in the car and they come. So, but anyway, she gets there. She's meeting the elders and she doesn't bow deeply and respectfully. Enough. Like, enough yeah she does this weird curtsy which is funny but it's all funny her awkwardness it's, is yeah, so cute it's i so know cute. she's super awkward and the grandma's not happy about her being an orphan and you're like yeah. what gives what what does it matter that she's an orphan so i will speak to this a little bit and again i'm not korean since this is a voice podcast thing but my family's south asian <laughs> they're from bangladesh and in that culture with like arranged marriages and things like that having a quote-unquote good match is means like you know you come from a comparably good or better than your family and families marry each other like it's your family marrying their family so they have to come from a good family having at least how i understand it and this is again 
my understanding, I never lived in Bangladesh, so like I don't know what I'm talking about necessarily. Um, and this is like an old school thought anyway. I don't think this is something that is still a thing. And I think grammar represented definitely like old school Koreanness mm-hmm. versus whatever is going was going on in 2004 and beyond. But I know in my family, I've kind of heard here and there about like marrying an orphan can be considered if you buy into this old school frame of thought a bad thing because it's not like you come from a good family you come from no family Mm -hmm. you have nothing so you have no like title or lineage or this or that or I I don't know and I I also kind of struggle to understand why that's like a quote-unquote bad thing to that extent I kind of realized or identified more with like the whole grandma getting upset that we don't even know this girl you never introduced her to us like you know who is she like how can we meet her now like this and we have to hear about this after you're engaged or whatever but um but yeah there is possibly a school of thoughts and again uh consult a korean person because i don't know that uh marrying into an orphaned person's life i guess not because they don't have much of a family the, in this show she didn't have like extended family either like aunts uncles or anything so she's just her alone so there's nothing to go off of. You don't know if she's like from a good family or not. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly what the case was, was that she doesn't have people. Like she doesn't have people to back her up. She doesn't have um, people to teach her right from wrong. And that's why I think in a lot of older shows, especially when kids are orphans or when people, uh, young people are orphans, they're like, no they're just going to be a bad influence because they have nobody at home that's keeping them in check. You also have no one to reflect back like what kind of person you may be. So if I'm meeting you for the first time and I don't have any context, you're not like my my father is a judge or like my mother was a school teacher like that. You kind of start to formulate like, oh, you you're probably maybe motherly because your mother was a school teacher. So she's probably good with kids. And you can form all these little background stories in your mind. If you are someone who doesn't have parents or were, you were not raised by parents, you there's no nothing for people to go off of to judge you. And unfortunately, that's what they want to do is like judge. And I also do know that in Korea, they used to do arranged marriage through like the 90s it was like not uncommon um so i think all that combined was just like showing its ugly head at this in this episode yeah and throughout the show whenever she visits the in-laws there's different things that are so korean it's so much steeped in their culture that you feel and i still feel like this show had no idea that it was going to be seen by anybody outside of korea And that's a nice, I feel like that's a nice feeling to see like the raw, this is what's intended not for me. And I'm gleaning so much from it. I'm getting so entertained by it. I love these characters and I'm learning, right? I'm learning about their culture. I can look things up. The same thing happens later in the show where they come back from their honeymoon, which we will talk about the honeymoon, (laughs) but they come back and they go over to the house after getting a really a mad call like they call over and the in-laws are pissed they're like what do you get over here right now why aren't you at the house why didn't you come visit us and Mm -hmm. hanjian comes over and she's wearing regular clothes Mm -hmm. and the grandma says like how is she why is she here in regular clothes she should be wearing hanbok which again this is part like i'm like oh my god like this is very korean right we don't get this in recent dramas where it doesn't necessarily matter that the newly married couple go to visit the parents and they the bride is wearing hanbok and they bring this traditional dinner for them to eat and stuff like that that is all their 
that's all culture that we're not getting anymore in K-dramas because they, they're they building these K-dramas and making them for an international audience. But they also don't, I don't think they do that to that. Because I can tell you in Bangladesh, there's not as many people walking around in like saris and stuff like that. As, like, you are, <laughs> right, not, like, you right. Know what I mean, there are for sure. But I mean, like the whole like, like a ceremonious, like I need to greet my grandmother-in-law with like home cooked traditional dishes that's proving how well I cook in traditional outfits, knowing like showing I know how to dress, like how to be a traditional quote unquote good girl like that's like a whole ceremonious thing and I don't know that anyone's doing that anymore right because it's 2023 however in 2004 I feel like they were still on the cusp of this right right this era of like new school and the old ways and the grandma keeps saying throughout the show that they need a she needs to move in with them so that they can teach her things (laughs) and I'm like what are they trying to teach Hanjian and they're talking about cooking cleaning the family ways societal rules these sort of ceremonial things that she has no idea because she's been living in full house by herself for most of her and, life and yeah. now in korea you don't need like the emphasis is not on that as much because everyone works outside of the home like right working, both men and women people are like ordering you know uber eats or whatever the korean version is of that coupon eat coupon eats to their home for food they're not like <laughs> cooking a bunch of stuff and wearing hanbok here and there so that's why we don't see it now i think and it's i think you're right you hit on something which is that this turn this millennial kind of show where they're still kind of got one foot in like traditional korean stuff that was more important back then mm-hmm. and old school style of thinking versus this modern because like the mom doesn't rain's mom or the character's mom does she's not, care. not uh, yeah she doesn't <laughs> care as much she's just like they're just let them be happy. It's it's fine if they don't visit us right after their honeymoon. Like it's f- just she's like a peacemaker. She's very sweet and caring, and she'll cook anything that that Hanjian likes and prefers food wise. But she's really just a product of you know being subservient to her mother in law, this grandmother character. So she's just going along with whatever she's wants or is complaining about but she's not she's not believing the the right that stuff yeah no she's not into that yeah the in-laws playing ghost stop as well oh my god so cute i was yeah. like this is adorable i miss this stuff seeing but that's this just in how endearing she was that she endeared her i mean she kind of grew up seemingly without grandparents without elders and she fits so well into a family and it was like kind of heartbreaking when you stop to think about like she didn't have this kind of familial like we're just going to informally play ghost stop or like i guess in america play monopoly or whatever it is like family game night stuff but she fits in so well despite her like kind of tackiness her kind of (laughs) unpolished you know (laughs) presentation she is just like a super endearing and real person and and endears herself to everyone yeah yeah she becomes three bears to the family because when she goes up (laughs) this scene is fantastic they're like, you didn't bring any gifts to us after the honeymoon. And she was like, well, I prepared a gift for you guys. <laughs> and then she goes, I, I, I brought a song for you guys. I prepared a song. So she stands up and performs this children's song about mm-hmm. the three bears and their sh- the look on their face when she finishes <laughs> the song. <laughs> it's It's... it's just seared in my memory because it's so funny and they're shocked that <laughs> she's de- like so childish and almost like it, she has to be joking but she's not she was completely sincere <laughs> right right 
Oh, God. So then they call her three bears for the rest of the shit. Yep. Three bears is yep. coming over. I called three bears and it's so great. Yeah. Also, one other thing that I thought was like, oh, man, we don't see this in K-dramas anymore is Hanji and Prick's Rain's finger after he nearly chokes on like bibimbap that he he, would he made fun of her for eating bibimbap and then later he's alone in the house she's not obviously there to cook for him and he creates his own bibimbap bowl and she walks in on him stuffing his face with this bowl and he starts choking on it so indigestion right Mm -hmm. this was a thing like this is an old wives tale right where yeah, or like maybe it's related to to like Eastern medicine. Yeah, exactly. Where if you have indigestion or stomach issues, you prick your thumb, and it just solves the issue. So I don't. Yeah. I mean, that ain't gone. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So when I saw that, I was like, "Holy shit!" When was the last time I saw someone prick somebody's finger in a K drama for getting rid of stomach issues? Like that was. That's the kind of stuff that I was very excited just to see again. Everything she did. And again, I am an overthinker, so I was just like overthinking all this <laughs> stuff. But like the singing the three bears and using these kind of old remedies, <laughs> old wives tales type <laughs> remedies. I think it's just everything she remembered her parents doing in the short time they were with her is what she just kept like modeling. Mm. So she's like, I know this nursery rhyme. They used to sing to my parents. And then they unfortunately passed away by the time I reached like adolescence. And I can do these like really old school uh, remedies but because that's all that she had time to, to witness them doing for her and and so she takes the care and whatever she had from her family for the short time that they were there and and kind of like puts it back out in the world everywhere mm. she goes it mm. felt like yeah Hanji In is such a cute such a cute character truly um episode we're jumping back to episode three because we were jumping around with like the Koreanness. uh stuff but in episode three she tries to run away from the wedding which i found really kind of funny like the runaway bride thing <laughs> because yeah. she fights with him and is like i'm not getting married to you why am i doing this and she goes over to her swindler friends's dump of a house to get away and they trick her into going to the wedding venue mm-hmm. which unbelievable i was like wow she's really stupid and gullible but I love to see the wedding scene because his dad is really sweet to her and he tells her that she looks beautiful and that, Mm -hmm. you know, his boy is short tempered, but he's a good kid. Please take care of him. And he walks her down the aisle since she literally has no family. And I found that so just emotional. And even though the show is unserious, like we said before, this moment was really nice. Okay, but that wedding dress, though, is... The ugliest wedding dress I have ever seen. The back of it looked nice Mm -hmm. because it had the long back, the long train train. and stuff. And then you look at the front and I'm like, what is going on, girl? Even for 2004, I was like, I don't know what is happening right now at all. (laughs) Like, it was short and there was a lot of, like, loose lace or something. Yeah, yeah. A lot of little ribbony things. I yeah, don't I don't even know what kind of was... 80s in the front. Yeah, like I don't. Classic in the back. I, I don't know. I was Weird. like, girl, they did you dirty with this <laughs> wedding dress. Because she didn't pick it. It was all just sort of arranged for her. But then yeah. you get the honeymoon scene. Yeah. I freaking love the honeymoon. It is the so fighting. stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thailand. <laughs> the Thailand honeymoon. So he says they should work out their fight. They fight. They're always fighting. 
and obviously they're not sharing a bed and so she's like where am i going to sleep and he says that she's going to sleep outside mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in like thailand pool. in the Patio summer yeah <laughs> and she's like i'm not sleeping outside so they have a little fight and she says they that they should work out their fight like grown-ups and he starts like unbuttoning his shirt and insinuates oh that, <laughs> he insinuates that he wants her and she gets totally spooked spooked uh and she like falls overboard at some point and, yeah like he has to save her because she can't swim i'm like this is yeah. never ending it's co- it's a one like comedy set piece after another of yeah. course he saves her life and right. it looks like she's drowning in a cup of water though like uh, yeah. the water level is not very deep well, and then there's two scenes of fighting over the bed because in the like the yacht or whatever, and then also the yes like, the guest house or whatever. And then the guest right, and then in the actual house that yeah they're staying at. A fun, I like this moment too. Is when after he saves her, he feels her forehead to gauge if she if she's got a fever because she was sick before, so he knows that she's prone to these high fevers or whatever, mm. and she just got completely submerged. So. I like it. He's caring for her in like his own yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fight over the bed when the actual bed in the that, guest house. That be one other is. That was so funny. All time. All time. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're just like rolling around and like <laughs> yanking covers and like, you know, like trying to like hog the bed. Yeah. Like- <laughs> because he says seduc- seductively that they can share the bed and she's like, no, goes outside. And she calls his, she gets mad and comes back inside, calls his bluff. Isn't there mosquitoes? Like the first bug experience of the show. (laughs) Yes, there was like bugs outside in Thailand in the summer. And she comes back inside. She's like, I'm not sleeping outside. So she she like rips off her little tiny sweat shirt that she was wearing. (laughs) And she gets in the bed with him. And she's like, I'm not that easy to like, (laughs) you know. Yeah. He starts, then he gets mad and rips off his shirt, which I'm like, here we go, yeah. shirtless rain again. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And he takes off his, um, I'm sorry, he takes up the most space on the bed. Yeah. And then he tries That's to so like. funny, their like size difference is so comical too. She's <laughs> tiny and she's very petite tiny. and he's like buff yeah. and he's like <laughs> quite tall. And it's just so comical, comical to watch them fighting in, on the bed. Right. Basically. It's great. I really and, like. And it's not like weirdly sexual or suggestive. It's no, just like it's not. Yes. Fighting. It's like, 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 are you with your brother over like space on the bed? Or exactly. That's exactly the dynamic that they have. Even though it turns romantic, the, yeah. the early episodes especially feel like they're just fighting siblings. Yeah. Or cousins or something. Or it's cousins or something. Platonic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just comedic tension, not sexual tension. Even though Rain is shirtless and she's got a tank top yeah, on, like, I don't that's feel so like well anything played because especially if you're in 2004 living in Korea and you love Rain or you at least are aware of how famous and popular he is, and he's like out here getting shirtless, but then they're playing off this like Laurel and Hardy comedy thing, <laughs> like on, you know during during all this. I think that was like really that was the part where I was like they're they're both acting pretty well here, like in those yeah types of yeah. scenes. Hmm. He teaches her how to ride a bike. Oh my gosh. Which I just, there's something about this that really (laughs) just scratches an itch. It's funny when they're in Thailand because he's like, why can't you get it? You're so dumb. Like, why can't you ride a bike? (laughs) But then she starts wailing like a kid when she Uh falls off the bike. Uh And he goes, 
stop crying. I'll buy you ice cream. And she's like, do you think I'm a child who just you can just placate me with ice cream? Cut to she's happy as a clam eating her ice cream. (laughs) And they have this nice nice day out on the town where she's riding uh, behind him on the bike. He's obviously riding the bike. And they fall asleep on the park bench overlooking the Mm -hmm. ocean sunset. And I'm just like. This is it right here. Like, if you weren't invested before this, you you should be invested by episode three. With like it's them, because nice it's not like enemies to lovers where they're just being like hateful to each other in a way that's so cynical. They are like obnoxious to each other and <laughs> they're like bickering the whole time. But it's not yeah. so like it, I don't know. For me, I sometimes don't like the lovers or enemies to lovers kinds of plots because it's so. It's just tired. And even in this show, I think there were moments where they got tired how much they were bickering and stuff like that. But for these first episodes, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. And they don't. And it's also not like a am pining for you secretly and you don't know it. And now we're like, you know, we're like some one of them is looking longingly at the other. It's just like <laughs> just a really good like it's genuine more comfortable. Yeah. yeah, they're they're getting more comfortable with each other. And they're like genuinely like getting to know each other and liking each other at the same pace, which is kind of nice to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So from then on, it just becomes basically a record skip of a show because it'll be (laughs) fight after fight after huge fight. He comes home late, doesn't tell her. He loses his wedding ring and she gets upset uh, over and over again. And it's a... um, just them making up with each other. It's the cycle, you know, fight the makeup and then they Uh fight and make up over and over again. Did you have certain moments that you really liked throughout the rest of their sort of like relationship before before they get divorced? I I know. God. (laughs) And her post-divorce glow up. We need to talk about that later. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. (laughs) The glow up. Um, but I have in my notes for Yong Dae, who is played by Rain, I wrote, never not shouting, an actor, but has very little to do for some reason at an editing meeting. <laughs> and I wrote squatting at her house. Essentially, he's a millionaire. He can literally live anywhere else. So unnecessary. <laughs> so that was like some of my hot takes where I was just getting pissed because at the whole situation. So so let's talk about each each note. So the first one is okay. never not yelling. Yeah. Rain, I mean, I've seen Rain in other things. Obviously, he can emote in different ways and not just holler the whole time. He is literally blowing out the mic every time he's yelling. And the freaking echo that's in the house. Yeah. Unbelievable how much he's yelling in the show. Also, the insults, like, like really petty, but like so repetitive, just honestly gets annoying. Where he's like calling her his little rice cooker, (laughs) the 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 chicken, the appliance, yeah, Yeah. and then like the chicken, the chicken or whatever. Like I don't know. Like she was getting (laughs) so mad, and I was like on her side because I was like, this is annoying. She, he's like, your brain doesn't work. Your brain, like he was basically calling her stupid, but like he kept saying like something like you're messed up in the head. Like he kept saying it like that, and. I was like, this is so <laughs> tiresome. <laughs> right, which is why I say it just becomes this re- repetitive thing over and over again. And it just depends on the strength of the individual, like, thing Senior that they're maybe. fighting about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay, I need to go back, though. It's, and I don't know if this is the right time to do it to Hewan because this is the right time to get back so let's talk about okay. this bitch so <laughs> she is the second ma- second female lead she is this prissy spoiled princess and when she doesn't get attention 
she is liable to just put herself in the hospital with some bogus yeah, psychosomatic illness. Ill. Yes. <laughs> Yes, she's physically so making herself hard. ill, and it's really annoying that at first she had these un... She could not detach herself from her feelings toward Minyok, and then Minyuk. lo and behold, he rejects her repeatedly, and then she's all of a sudden like, I like Yeonje. Yeah, and I guess there's like the appearance of... Uh I forget her name in the show. Um, her character like suddenly makes her pissed and like p- p- competitive and like I need Yongjae to yes. like me again. And then she's like upset. Like both cases, she's weirdly obsessed. She's really fixated on Minhyuk. Then she's really obsessed with Yongjae. And I I needed like more backstory on this because like nothing they were saying made sense. It's like he's like I need Rain is like I needed to protect her and I used to buy her ice cream and I'm like what like and they're talking. He's like this is my first love. But it's like stories from the second grade. It's not like junior high or high school where like a lot more like you know romantical <laughs> feelings to be happening. You're so right. And I was like because I don't get this. I don't get this. She'll be like remember that time that you bought me ice cream after I got pushed to the ground by that kid in third grade and I'm like third grade honey you're like 25 years old what are you talking about third grade for it was weird because it was there was nothing there's no stories from like like I think in American stories you hear like at at sixth grade summer camp or like junior high dance or like high school whatever they're talking about literally elementary school way 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 before puberty and and not to say those that's not a valuable time in people's lives but this like hold on each other that they have is so weird right based on nothing (laughs) the childhood and then he promised her to to be with her something to always be there for her because she used to get scared at as something a child sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll protect you. And it, it almost seemed like she was a substitute for his sister who passed away. His little sister passed away from, yes. I'm assuming cancer, because they mentioned she like has no hair and she's yeah. really terminally ill. And he, that's also why he's like in a, kind of in a fight with her dad, I think, his own dad, I think, because his dad was a doctor but couldn't save yeah. her. So some yeah. weird grudge there. And so as since he couldn't save his sister, he's trying to save Hewan and that's why he's stuck on her. But that was also like a weak sauce kind of story to me. Yes. As as like, yeah. Because especially <laughs> if you've known each other that long, wouldn't you have more like stories right. to talk about or reminisce about? Right. So, and then same thing with Minhyuk where he was, he was seemed like he was close with Minhyuk, but then at the same time he was like, I don't know when Minhyuk's birthday is. <laughs> and I'm like, what the, what are you talking about? You don't know what... Minhyuk's like a 30-year-old man. How do you not yeah. know since childhood also, if you've been friends? <laughs> Minhyuk, okay, what is Minhyuk's deal? Because he's like media mogul. He's in the, <laughs> he's like screen publishing. Wait, screen wait, writing. wait, wait, one thing at a time. Hold on, because I'm not done with Hewan because... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm not done with this girl. So Hewan, um, she... Just, I mean, at one point, I think in episode five, she's having this pity party. And it's in this case, she goes to like a bar or something. She's drinking her feelings. And Young Jae goes over to console her and be with her and just sort of listen to her issues because he's the, sh- the the crying shoulder always for her. Mm-hmm. And he ends I mean, Young Jae ends up standing up Jung uh, Hae Kyo's character, but that's a separate mm-hmm. issue. Hewan says, I feel like dying because mm-hmm. our second male lead, Minhyuk, said that she doesn't love him. She just wants to possess him. And I was like, Minhyuk, bravo. Because yeah. she, if it, I mean, the truth hurts. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's absolutely true that her love was all about infatuation and possession. And that's why 
when suddenly Youngjae was unavailable to her because he got married, she was like, oh, he's been taken from me. Yeah. She was entitled to him as like her backup, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, super toxic, super rude. <laughs> but also, um, so I don't like Hyun. seemed like she liked Minhyuk. I don't know if this. I was reading too much into this, but it seemed like she liked Minhyuk as like a status thing too. Like she didn't really even know him that well, and was just uh, like, "Look at this, uh. like dapper, dashing. Like I speak three languages, and I have like you know the CEO of all these companies or whatever he's doing." And she just wanted like the idea of him, and that's mm, maybe mm. why he was also kind of like, "No, bro, like it's not happening." <laughs> yeah, so, she's like clout chasing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I she works in fashion but has like zero clients other than than Rain's character. I was like, Ooh. what is your life? <laughs> what a what a burn. Wow, what an observation. Yeah, absolutely. She had no other celebrity clients except for Yonje. And every time, every single time that we see her working, she's just fiddling with the clothes on the rack. Like, what the hell was she even doing? Was she just looking at the clothes? Every time we see her at work, which is often, they reuse this set a lot. Yeah. She's just looking at clothes, just browsing the racks. (laughs) And then someone walks up and is like, hey, one. She's like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. She also looks at them like, oh, right, like right. Youngjae? Oh, it's not Youngjae? Oh, okay. I'm like, who else comes here? Like, I don't understand. Like, what is going on in this store? Yeah. <laughs> and then does she own this shop or is she an well, independent stylist? Well, at one point they stylist? call her like a designer. But I think she's a stylist. Oh. Like, they call her a designer. Like, that's her store and her designs. But I was like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. There's like that one sad rack and not, not much else. So like, <laughs> I think in a couple of scenes they show a few other racks, but not that much. Like, it's not like this popping oh store. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. She lost a lot of points for me when she had the psychosomatic illness. And then yeah. she starts in on... Um, Song Hye Kyo's character, and she insinuates that she's out of his league. Yeah, and then she hides the wedding ring. Don't forget that part. Yeah. Oh God. I, I mean, I said that wrong. She insinuates that he's out of her league. Yes. Yes. And that they've been friends a long time. That's not about to change because he's married now. And she full on steals the wedding ring that he leaves mm-hmm. behind at her place of business, and yeah. huge huge like i don't think she could come back from that but yeah well i i i thought this for both Ginny and dongwook who are the married like unmarried common law married like about to have a non-existent baby people <laughs> yes hey one that they are all three of them are so crazy crazily brazen mm. like you're gonna steal your best friend's house and sell it to someone for cash like fast cash and you're like unapologetically showing up every five seconds that's those two and then hewan trying to like come at this married woman it doesn't matter how or what circumstances under which they're married or like what you think about whether or not she deserves him like it was just brazen and the audacity yeah. of these people oh killing me yes i agree completely but we got some good moments because of these people. And here's two of my favorite ones. So for the two best friends who should be shot, uh, they get into a huge fight with Rain because they show up at the house looking for homegirl and she's not in. So they just stay until she comes. And he's like, OK, do what, do as you please and goes upstairs, leaves them to their own devices on the first floor. And they start uh-huh. eating up the pantry like she's chopping up fruit as if it's her own house. And he's trying on Rain's clothes. Yeah, they're opening rooms, they're opening closets, yes! going, through clothes, going through food. It's nuts. Yeah. It's it's bedlam. So he catches them downstairs 
doing all this nonsense and they're trying he's got his rain's clothes on and oh my god yes <laughs> rain she- co- like rain celebrity clothes are a whole nother atrocious situation. yeah the, the yeah. vests and the tight tees yeah. and this i don't know anyway so the uh he's st- i think rain insults them he's like what are you doing starts yelling at them rightfully so and he calls them beggars what kind of beggars are you guys and the bitch starts throwing hands and was like (laughs) how dare you talk to my husband how dare you like touch my husband and stuff like that and starts hitting up on rain and Mm -hmm. like she comes home homegirl song kyo gets home at that exact moment and the utter look of joy and relief on Rain's face when he <laughs> pops up and sees her there. And smile it's just the smile that lights up his face. I love that moment. I made a TikTok video about it because I loved it so much. <laughs> and she takes his side. She's like, what, won't you get your hands off my husband? And walks up and gets in their faces. And uh, what does she say? I think the pregnant lady tries to block her husband from Song Hye Kyo's character yeah. who comes in pretty hot. And she goes, are you, are, the pregnant friend is like, are you take? I can't believe you're taking your husband's side. And she's like, yeah, so what? And they cut to Rain's face and Rain's like, oh my God, she's like taking my yeah. side. Right? It's like such yeah. a cute well, moment. He's like ordering her around the whole time and being like, cook me this, cook me that and clean this and clean that. And it's kind of really annoying at that point. Um, but then this is like her domain finally, where she has the upper hand and she has the power. These are her friends. She can get overly friendly and familiar with them because they are her literal friends. And he's like, I'm just trying not to hit a pregnant lady. You know, like he's like, okay. right. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I really love that moment too. Cause she gets a chance to like, be in her own like in that moment and Mm. stand up for him and her and like kind of solidify their this like weird relationship that they're building even though they're calling each other like husband wife that's not their relationship you know obviously but yeah yeah Yeah. how dare you touch my husband like i just i appreciate that and never did i care about marriage until now like the the like (laughs) like to this extent like the sanctity of marriage until until now right right yeah well how dare you touch your husband how dare you get your fucking ants off him and then she scratches his face too like he has a little a little cut in his face she's like like, did you (laughs) she says did you cut did you uh cut this how you star's face or something like that like Uh she says how dare you touch his face face. yeah yeah yeah. it's great and then she puts ointment on his little on the little cut on his face and he loves it he's like right i'm right here like please let's not let's stop bickering i loved was of the full house my favorite room was their bathroom (laughs) Oh, the right? bathroom. Yeah, right? yeah. Because that's where they're always like having these like moments of for, they usually don't fight in the bathroom or if they do, it's like very petty, like, like I like you, but I hate you kind of fights. Mm-hmm. And the there's like this intimacy there that they there's no other way for them to express their feelings more than in the bathroom because it's like, oh, let me I don't know if they necessarily literally do this, but like, let me hand you this tube of toothpaste or like whatever. Like, this is your towel. This is my towel. Like that kind of stuff. So I really liked their moments in the bathroom which was like a weirdly pivotal place for their relationship <laughs> right I feel like. yeah and the kitchen too like the kitchen the dining table yeah. i guess yeah were yeah, the yeah, two yeah, big places sure. because obviously when she whenever she threatens to move out or she leaves for the night or she's out or something he will look at her toothbrush and he's like mm-hmm. oh i miss her like he <gasps> yeah the bathroom <laughs> is a good place and so is the dining room table 
I love the moment with with um when after he realizes that his ring is missing and he confesses that he lost his wedding ring to her she he feels extremely guilty and even though he's sort of like yelling still and he's like don't get on my case like if i forgave you for losing that recorder that i bought you for your birthday you can forgive me for doing this this thing too for losing my wedding ring and i'll buy another one don't worry it's coming it's on the way she draws on a wedding ring on his little hand (laughs) oh my god i was like mad at myself for liking that so much i was like they got me they, they got, got me. me so good. They got me. <laughs> I yeah. love that scene. It's so cheesy, but I love it. And the way she backs into it, she's like, you know, I found the ring oh, mm-hmm. today. I just found it today. And he's like, oh, my God, where was it? And she goes, give me your hand. And she starts drawing <laughs> on the ring. And he's like, oh, like, what are you doing? It's so good. It's again, it's them so- being childish and yes. kind of in the way they like go about it, and it's 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 sort of refreshing because sometimes that's you what have it is. It's these just hot like and the heavy, purity. seductive. Pe- yeah, it's this is yeah. this is not that, but it's still so good to not have that for once. I know. It's almost. Um, I don't know. This is a very rated PG, even if that rated yeah. G romance and i'm eating it up it's so adorable and their moments are really pure when they're good it's good and when it's bad it's really annoying but you know they're just a couple of kids i kept saying that in my head when i was watching was they're just a couple of kids like they're they don't know what they're doing they're in the early 20s they don't give they don't know how to love somebody they don't know how to express their feelings and that's the major thing about the show is that if you even if you're getting frustrated that they can't just talk to each other, they have they have their own like immature complexes that prevent them from doing that. It's weird too that they both kind of understand each other. Mm. Like they pick up on these signals. Like when he's like, from now on, talk to me by writing a note on the fridge or whichever one of them says <laughs> that, you know. And they're they can or like when she, someone comes home late and they're like, oh, were you were you waiting for me? Are you pissed off right now? And like. <laughs> You know, they can tell like something's going on, but then like especially Rain's character, Young Jae, doesn't know his own mind. He's like so torn between Hyun and Jian, but then she's like a lot less confused about it. And yeah. I thought that was like very like like angry young man of them. You know, like he doesn't know, like he's so mm-hmm. confused. And he's mm-hmm. he can't emote and all this other stuff. He's emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. He's just generally immature. But I just liked the the way they portrayed the communication, the fact that you could tell that she's picking up what he's putting down, basically, even though he doesn't even know what he's putting down. Right. It was cool. Right. Right. I like that scene where they go visit Hewon in the hospital because he's run sprinting to her bedside and she he doesn't need to say a word. She knows just by looking at his reaction to the news that she's in the hospital and seeing him sidle up to her at the hospital and just so concerned over her well-being just completely cut up about Hewan. she's like oh he likes her mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i'll let me wait to go in the room let me just make myself scarce because this is who he really wants and no words are said mm-hmm. right nothing is mm-hmm. in this this is all acting right this is not you know dialogue Right. 
And this is why, kind of what I was alluding to before, where, like, they didn't need to rely on flashy sets or a lot of different, like, on-location shoots to convey a bunch of, like, get your emotions stirred up. It was, like, kind of cerebral. You're, like, in their minds. Like, there's a lot of scenes where they're alone sitting in that big empty house having, like, yeah. thoughts about each other. And, like, even though they show <laughs> a little bit of, like, you know, she's thinking of him or he's thinking of her. Like, it's it's more, even in their face, when they flat, when they pan back to their faces in that moment just sitting there alone in the house, you can see it in their face. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them did a great job and they the directors and stuff did a great job of making that come through yeah did you like the movie theater date that happened early on so yeah here's the thing i thought it was cute because he had to come in after the movie started left before the movie ended this whole hullabaloo because he's a celebrity but the clip the clip that was shown of what they were watching i was like it's van helsing with oh is that what it was yeah first of all i think it was a trailer from for van helsing oh okay okay and then when the movie starts going and rain sits down the music is clearly spider-man like the (laughs) sam raimi spider-man yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and i was like holy shit that's danny elfman's score from (laughs) spider-man so it like threw me for a loop because I could not get into the scene without thinking <laughs> Toby Maguire's also in the room with him. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, oh my Kirsten God. Kirsten Dunst and Toby. Yeah. Did you have other moments that you really liked before we kind of get to the I liked, divorce? Um, yes, I really liked, I know we're, we're kind of tabling Minhyuk a little bit, but I just liked how she Oh, yes. How- no, let's talk about him. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. I forgot yeah. to go back to him. Sure. I, I know they were like, oh, he's a player. He's a this, he's a that. But like, he was so to me and maybe I'm being fooled, but genuine with his affection for, cause I think it was mostly affection really, or like he found her endearing and it was less like something weird or creepy. But Jian, mm-hmm. when she was like, she's like, I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you spaghetti. <laughs> and he just <laughs> was like, okay, sure. He like, was like, are you serious? Like he's like having all these important fancy meetings and you know, meetings in Shanghai and meetings and wherever and doing going to America. And she's like, I'm going <laughs> to treat you at this, like all you can eat spaghetti place, the spaghetti joint. And he's like, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> and he like lets her do it. He just like lets her like be who she is and how she is, which was such a nice change from Yongjae constantly berating her. Like, why'd you cook this like this? And why didn't you do this like this? And I, I need you home by this time and hurry up and come to my premiere. Like, yeah, yeah. I really, it was a bad case of like second lead syndrome. Like you should have gotten with him sometimes. With sometimes because uh, for, this is something that I don't know how the show managed to do. Maybe it's just the power of rain in this role, but for such a bossy, rude screaming match kind of male lead i never wanted her to get with men i was right. always like no it has to be rain i know he's emotionally stunted and can't express himself at all and he's constantly making the wrong decision coming home late standing her up god knows what else and despite all this i'm like it's him or nobody because like well, yeah, they're she's to the be- only one who's a match for him you know like there's mm-hmm. no one else like on the planet who could be a match for young jade's character right because lot but logically min hyuk is such a great option oh yeah 
Well, no, okay. So this is why my problem with Min Hyuk was similar to like the lack of backstory for Hyun, which is like, why is he following this girl to the spaghetti factory? Like, go get another like millions <laughs> of other girls factory. that you can hang out with. She like, is why? not suffi- right, and she's a bad writer. He crafts her into a good writer. He's constantly critiquing her work and making her think about her her writing and the craft of of doing a screenplay and all that crap. So he's taking mentoring her. Mm-hmm. and she's so criminally unsophisticated and that's okay i guess but like then just be platonic i don't know this like trying to like win her over and like get her to see him the way she, he could tell she was seeing uh-huh. young jay yeah i didn't get it i was like why are you doing that <laughs> and then she seems it, just... she seems so young compared to him yes. too yeah like unworldly young immature all these things and he knows he's like Got really savvy. I know. I, I was trying to also decide if I thought he was a player or not, even though we never really see him like dating a bunch of people. <laughs> there was a t- okay, so there was only one scene where he was with Hewon in a bar, and he goes, yeah. "That you see that girl over there? She she basically said she wants me, <laughs> and like gets yeah. up and yeah. leave, like goes to talk to this other girl at the bar, and leaves Hewon hanging." And that was the only indication that maybe he slept around, maybe he had right. multiple women or something. But when he was with Han Jiyun, she he was completely sincere. And I love yeah. the birthday date that he goes on with her. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. he tells her that he does have feelings for her and that most girls like him, which I thought was a little funky of him to say. He was like, most girls really like me. And he says, please like me too. I'm I thinking <laughs> I'm thinking of how to take you away from Young Jae. Yeah. And he tells her outright, like, I'm looking to steal you away from Young Jae. I know that he likes Hewan. I know there's issues. I know the contract marriage situation. Well, also, like, the berating, constant berating. Like, she, he was mistreating her, Young Jae. Yeah. So Min Hyuk was like, you deserve better. I could, yeah. I could, you could be better off with me, et cetera. So, yeah. And I he know, says, I liked him a lot, but <sighs> what was his deal? There's something about it that didn't sit right with me. And there's something about Rain that I was like, that's the one. That's the yeah. one that she needs. To- yeah. I don't know what it is. It's really bizarre. It is. It's bizarre. And I wonder why she like charmed him in here. Because I can kind of see how she charmed Rain's character, Yongjae. Because Yongjae was used to like everyone just like falling all over themselves for him. But and even though Minhyuk had a little bit of that, too, Minhyuk is like too cool for all that. So like when he right. still pursued her. After a while, I was like, I don't understand why you're still... Like, I think what it is is, uh, like we said before, Rain and um, Song Kyo's character, they're just a couple of kids. And maybe right. it's the fact, it feels like, you know, this is a side note, but my parents got married when they were real young, 20 years old, right? This is unheard of today. Like, people get married when they're older today. Just that's the trend. Mm-hmm. And they have these crazy stories of them being young and married. And I'm like... Y'all were just stupid together and like growing <laughs> up together and yeah. going to college together. And it was very like their stories felt in a real way, like the vibe of Han Jian and Young Jae together, where they're just in this house. They're playing house yeah. with that without the sex part. <laughs> like they're just right. like, exactly. You're digging around together all day long and fighting and learning how to make up with each other he learns that she likes flowers so he gets her flowers and you know it's very much a learning to be together story Mm -hmm. for them and growing together and growing together and min hyok is a straight like straight up a man he's already done cooking he's He's an adult right he's an adult 
He's not a kid by any stretch, <laughs> no. you know? So maybe that's why... very mature. Yeah. And it it just doesn't click. But it's even more why I'm like, why are you so stuck on her? Because I feel like that plotline of him trying to pursue her went a little too long. Because at Mm -hmm. first it made sense. Mm -hmm. She's cute. She's endearing. He's like got this like kind of vibes with her in terms of like wanting to help her improve her writing, seeing potential in her. But then he just kept doing it for like a little too long for me. Mm. I was like, why are you still like hanging around, sniffing around her? (laughs) Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, I think it's towards the end of the show that we see some growth with Rain's character. And I love this conversation that they have at the dinner table in episode 11, where now we have Min Hyuk like trying really hard to win over Hanjian. And Rain's character says, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever bought you a decent meal. I always stood you up. Jian, if you want to be with Min Hyuk, you should date him. You don't have to ask me, since the contract doesn't dictate how you should feel. Our marriage Uh. is just business, but your heart isn't. Your heart belongs to you. Who knew that Young Jae was so woke? I'm so impressed. (laughs) Yeah. Such a feminist. He's like, you know, I was pretty shitty to you. Yeah. And Minhyuk is over here buying you luxury meals and taking you out. And the types of dates that you like to go on are just like window shopping and out in the town and stuff. And he does that with you. He gives you like what you want. He's there for yeah. you and supports you. And that's you. why I liked Minhyuk so much. Like she's like, I just want to eat street tteokbokki and look at through like, like window shop. And he's like, cool. Yeah. And he like so much of their marriage is Youngjae just being pissed off at her for something or another. And it is so emotionally, it's such an emotional like light bulb moment for him when he's like, Oh yeah, you're like a person with feelings and interests and <laughs> right. for me to order around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see that growth and for him to try and be the bigger person and say, I, I have no claim to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is huge. I mean, even if this was written today, I'd be like shook about this. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was kind of joking about him being so like, you know, emotionally woke or like emotionally (laughs) in touch with like, I mean, I'm kidding. But like, you know what I mean? Like he's he's got this awareness that even in today's scripts is what you want to see in today's real life, um, Mm -hmm. you know, communication with people. You want to see them realize this, that that you're I'm not in charge of you. You're not in control of your feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's not what this is. So you're entitled to your feelings and you're entitled to your real whatever your real heart is. Right, right. So things spiral out of control. There's some crazy rumors about Ji-un being a gold digger, basically. And the family finds out about the contract marriage. And this is episode 14. Like, I'm skipping way ahead. Okay. At this point, uh, Hae-won has, like, relinquished her claim on Rain's character because she realizes that he has deep feelings for Han Jiun. Mm-hmm. And Han Jiun was like going to go to the Venice Film Festival or something with Min Hyuk and she turns yeah. right around. She's like, I can't Imagine, go. Imagine though. Imagine that. That would have been amazing. Yeah. I would have. I mean, in today's script, she would have gone and they would have been at the Venice Film Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, they would have gone, done the overseas shoot and everything. But uh, so she comes back home and there's this whole misunderstanding because uh Rain's character sees them outside at the house, not at the Venice Film Festival. He comes back to the house drunk and sees them together and he's like, "Oh, she loves him." Or they're they're they have a relationship going. Yeah. I thought the most heartbreaking part of them breaking up and pos- and getting 
the whole divorce was her breakup with the family, her in-laws. Yes. 100%. Oh, yes. my God. That was heart-wrenching. Oh, my God. Um, I have to de- say, too. Yeah, go quick, ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Is that I am reading this one book about Korean women's rights movements and the gold digger part. And I don't remember what word they used in Korean. But apparently, and I'm sure more so 20 years ago, but being a gold digger or being perceived as a gold digger, as bad as it is in America, seems like 100 times worse maybe in Korea. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not a Korean person, so take it with a grain of salt. And I read one book. So I'm not trying to say <laughs> this is exactly true. But it's, it's actually like kind of social... I don't want to use the word suicide, but I don't know what other word to use for it. It's to, to mm-hmm. like, you know, for that kind of thing to come out that you're in a contract marriage with a celebrity and being perceived as a gold digger. It's extremely damaging to women's reputations in Korea. or And again, like 20 years ago, more so. So that the the family thinking that of her, because I just read that when I got to that part, I was like, oh, no, this is like more even more worse than maybe we're perceiving it as Westerners. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of heavy handed. It was. It was. And she kept trying to play it off like, it doesn't matter what people think of me. I know the truth. But it was extremely stressful and heartbreaking for her, especially when, I I mean, the conversation that she has with his dad was the worst to me because the dad says, I don't think it's appropriate for you to to call me father anymore. And you were never really my daughter-in-law. And Mm -hmm. I hope we never see you again. Like, these are really... And after him walking her down the aisle and being so sweet to her and supportive of her in the family, even in his stern way, I was like, I was playing the ghost stop. I was honestly really cut up during this part where she she loses this father figure, this this dude who was a stand in and the whole going over to the grandmother's house and her the grandmother doesn't even want to see her. She's like begging for forgiveness. And she's oh not my accepting. god she's not giving it to her oh that was honestly so difficult to watch she was trying so hard and i think too like for her in the beginning when she's like it's fine to to rain's character young jay that it's fine if they're saying that people can talk that also again i connected to her kind of like you know uh-huh. i have no lineage it's just you know i'm putting that in air quotes i have no like history anyway no reputation anyway i'm already kind of seen as like an outcast because i'm an orphan potentially like i i think she was like whatever i don't have any reputation to go off of anyway what does it matter if people think i'm this like hateful gold digger but mm-hmm. like you said it like wasn't something she could like sustain emotionally because it was taking its toll especially when her own in-laws saw her that way right Right. And there's a time, I think in episode 14, she gets home late and Rain has been waiting for her. He's super jealous and throws the whole Minhyuk thing back in her face, which again, they they flip flop back and forth over the same tried and true fights. But anyway, he starts a fight and she's already just been through the ringer because of all of these rumors and because of his sort of constant abuse. And she says, do you even know what it means to protect someone? Is buying me ice cream when I cry protecting me? You don't even know anything. You know nothing. You don't know how to like someone, don't know how to express it, and you don't know what it means to protect someone. Yeah. he's. It felt like she was saying he never fights for her, you know, mm. really, in any real sense. And right. she was finally, like, it got to her by then. She's like, I can't deal with this anymore. Right. So if he wants to be petty about Minhyuk, he can, but she was, like, over it at that point. She, like, yeah. reached her breaking point. Oh, my God. It was brutal. And then the freaking press conference to announce the divorce, which he says, 
a really great line in this thing where he said he's referring to her. Everyone thinks he's referring to yeah. some other woman, but he says yeah. she's just ordinary and kind, but she's more special and precious to me than anyone else in the world. Mm. He and he nice. announces the divorce. <laughs> yeah. But it's a divorce to protect her because of these like horrible yes. rumors and stuff that attacks yeah. from the media. And free her because she feels, you know, he thinks that she likes Minhyuk and she's trapped in this contract marriage. And it's just sort of uh, an effort to quell all of that, all that noise. Mm -hmm. Which makes it even more meaningful. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like he loved her. She loved him. And they still couldn't work it out while they were still married. So it's it's a little wild. But um, yeah, it's very emotional. Episode 15, we find out he's been in a monastery for months. Oh my god! I was like, that was get so- the fuck out, <laughs> fuck out of here with that so shit. So random. Which okay, wait, how many months did you say? Because I couldn't figure out how long. I'm like, what time had passed since their divorce? So and- I think it had only been a few months. I because like her hair the friend, was so long. The friend is still supposedly pregnant. True, true, true. Okay. Supposedly. So even though the friend is not pregnant, she, they didn't even make an right. effort to look like she was pregnant. She is still within the nine months of okay. pregnancy i think she found out she got pregnant like the day it happened the way that this pregnancy was <laughs> right like, oh, right I'm pregnant <laughs> right week of week of <laughs> mm, yeah no um but yeah her hair was so much longer by this yeah like, and she's like her like glow up that we referenced a little bit before the glow she's, she like, looks trash in the house because she can do what she wants now because he's not there and like yeah yeah yeah, she has the pigsty is back in the house, but she's a full time writer, a serious screenplay, uh, doing. I guess her screenplay is seriously going to be made into a movie, and they're shopping around looking for actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's bona fide, like she's legitimate. She doesn't need his money. She doesn't need his his clout she obviously doesn't need the pettiness and him ordering her around she doesn't need a maid or anybody to clean up after her she doesn't care and the fashion glow up i don't know why she just looks better after the divorce oh my god so they made her look i feel like because she is so beautiful song hey is just a gorgeous yeah. lady and i think like you could tell and at 23 i mean she's just you know yeah, Un- but unblemished. Kind of, like, there's nothing to like. Yeah, she's yeah, you know. But they in her made prime. her look so so kindergarten or like tacky and to fit her character in yes. the earlier episodes. And then we get to this episode and she's just like, you know, herbal essences or like some like oh my god, like maybe it's yeah, she just she's looks more. A- yeah, she just looks more sophisticated, more elegant, more she's put got together. Makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her like style is just yeah, better makeup. Yeah, her style has just. Um, metamorphosis. But I get why that happened. Like, oh, true. Why did that Other than like, like where did that come the from? post breakup glow up is, is <laughs> real. I that's all like Revenge I chopped it up to that. Face. Right, right. <laughs> Revenge body. <laughs> right. And then he ends up rushing back because Dongwook, that friend that swindled her, says that she's sick. Hanjiun is sick. And he's like, what? And he comes back to to the house he did, i like how he didn't even care that his grandma was sick he's like she gets sick all the time and then he's like okay well Han Ji and sick. he's like wait what i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right because dongook is like your mom your grandmother's in the hospital in the hospital and he's like yeah she's old it happens you know <laughs> 
He's like, thoughts and prayers, anyway. Yes, <laughs> sorrows, <laughs> prayers. Yeah. Um, but there is a huge emphasis in the final couple of episodes on asking the dad, his dad, for forgiveness, asking the family for forgiveness, which I still find so odd. This doesn't necessarily jive with me, and maybe it has to do with that culture bit that we're getting in mass in this show. But the filial piety, I mean, that honestly threw me for a loop in the final couple of episodes where Jiyun is like, you can stay in this house if you apologize to your dad so that I can basically get back in their good graces. Yeah. I know there's some cultures where like groveling is like a very real thing you have to do. I don't know if Korean culture is or was one of them or just in their family. That's like something that was expected. I don't know. It was weird. But there was that big emphasis like he has to make this big formal apology and request or beg for forgiveness um, on both of their behalf. Right. So like mm-hmm. it would also kind of absolve Jian if he did this. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. What did you think of his proposal? I don't even remember it. Oh, my God. So he buys a ring (laughs) thinking that she doesn't have her wedding ring from their contract marriage. And he presents it to her on the porch of the house. Well, at the back porch of the house. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really cute. He basically says that it's true. He doesn't know how to love her or make her happy, but that he's Uh willing to learn if she'll teach him. And he'll do whatever she wants. If she wants him to sing, he'll sing. If she wants him to dance, he'll dance whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tops it off with, will you marry me? And she's like, uh, mm, yeah, uh. yeah, okay, yeah, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah. her reaction is what brought me back because I was like kind of half listening to him because I also was like not sure. Like I was like, I don't know why he's doing this. Right? Like, I knew why, but I was <laughs> right, also like, right. I know. you know, he's so he's so like kind of like hot and cold that I was like, okay, sure, he's proposing. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. her reaction of like, what are you talking about? It's been like six, not even six months since we got divorced. So like, I don't know how, what are, like think this through, buddy. Like, I don't know. It was it was interesting. I think he was being sincere, but he's still it just goes back to his immaturity. I think to, for me, at least that he has still no concept of like how to like be a person. yet. he's still working that out for himself. <laughs> right. And it's the totally wrong timing. Yes, he exactly. does. He's That's just what I mean. off. Yeah, he's just it's, out it's of like sync. An immature reaction to like try and resolve an issue. And he, it's like, OK, you thought you thought this through, but you did not think it through correctly. So. <laughs> But in the next episode, the last episode, she rejects his proposal. (laughs) She's like, yeah, but he like messes up her script or something. The computer doesn't save it. And her work is lost. And then on top of that, she's like, what did you do? In 2004. (laughs) No, we did not have the cloud. And plus, oh, when she delivers one of the scripts to Min Hyuk, she gives him a, um, a floppy disk. Oh, right. And I was like, oh, like my heart. My heart, the floppy disk. Um, that's like a sign. You know? I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, she and then he says that she has no talent when she starts like, what, what did you do to my computer? I can't find my work. It's all gone. And she's upset. And he says, well, you don't even have any talent anyways. And she's like, well, you know what? We're not getting married. I'm saying no to your proposal. Mm. <laughs> and it's so good. I just love it because of course she's going to say no. Like, he's not... At this point, what what has changed, right? Right. Right. 
Yeah. He's just sort of this guy who thinks he can resolve things very like neatly and tidily. And he really glosses over a lot of nuance and like, you know, other like logistics of things. Like he's, mm-hmm. Maybe his life was relatively easy as an, as an idol or a celebrity where people just hand things to you or like on a plate and like they figure stuff out for you and you just have to go and do whatever they said for you to do. So he's trying to operate in this like way that makes sense to him, but it's like not, he's not quite there. And also I feel like rain Rain's dad in the show is very serious. I can't imagine that man has a romantic bone in his body. So Mm -hmm. I am sure that when he grew up, he didn't see a lot of really good communication between his parents. So he's really just flying in the dark, flying solo, just trying to figure it out. And Poor little Rain. (laughs) Poor little Rain can't get it together. Uh, They have the Magicland date which felt a lot like oh, Boys man. Over Flowers yeah. because he goes and stands on the ice rink for hours waiting for her and yeah. she shows up late. It's very much like the Namsan Tower date from Boys Over Flowers. Yeah. And uh, I like the scene of him practicing what he's going to say. Yeah. Where yeah. he's like, ah, that's not good. And he's like, he's making Ugh. an effort. He's trying, he yeah. knows he- he's like lacking and he's trying to achieve like, maturity Mm -hmm. and adulthood and like this like he's trying to get to her level or like any level that's not where he was um, but it's it's cute to watch him kind of fall short (laughs) and then her still being like bro like what the heck (laughs) yeah Yeah, and then they have the ice skating date 2.0 when she finally shows up because they had an ice skating moment earlier in the show and he's just falling all over the place i want to reiterate something that i don't think there was any stunt doubles or stunt oh my people gosh. on I this thinking, production. Are they insured for this? <laughs> because they were like I, I th- they were throwing themselves over a yeah. hard surface, presumably ice, for yeah. this show, for television. Right. And it looked like, real. It lo- rain. Like he's very right. Famous. Like, right. Like imagine some like like you know Park Soju now trying to like fling himself all over. They'd be like, no, 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 no. Like you can't. We need to yeah. Assure you, we need to have like safety stuff in place. And they were just. <laughs> it did not seem like any of that was going on at Everland or Magicland, whatever they call. Yeah, it. Magicland. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were thinking. And both of them were just. Honestly, I, I I'm hesitant to fall once ice skating. They were. <laughs> I don't know how many takes they did. They were constantly looking fragile upon they that. It did not seem particularly cold i was like is it not i don't think it was i don't i think it was like a chilled surface not necessarily ice okay but i don't know what else to call it other than ice skating because they were wearing ice skates yeah they were so i don't know if it was just like frozen concrete or something that they were even worse in a way i feel like i don't it was it looked dangerous like what they were doing so anyway he finally confesses I love you and the Zamboni driver kicks up some noise and drowns him out, which again, very boys over flowers, which came a few years later. Uh-huh. I guess you could say it's the other way around. Boys over flowers is like borrowing from Full House because Full House is 04 yes. and uh, boys over flowers yeah. is 09. Right. Um, his final confession is good, though. I was like, you know, this is a pretty good one. He says, loving you is something I can't stop. I love you. I love you enough to make the universe explode or dry up all the waters on the earth enough to divide my soul again and scatter it. That's how much I love you. Dang. Damn. 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 (laughs) 
genuinely good line from somewhat of an oaf who maybe got into medical school. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, by the way, I so speak to his personality. Like I, I think Rain is attractive, but he his like whole like sob story in real life is that he was too ugly to be an idol until I guess you know whenever he became one. And Rain that, is that, so like, cute in this show. Uh, yeah. No, he is, but the like the the quote unquote ugliness again. I don't think he actually is ugly at all. But like he's not. He doesn't look like some of the idols, you know, like looking like anime at the time. Yes, you know, like looking very yeah. chiseled. He wasn't. He's not like that either. So that lends itself to his like bumblingness in this show. Because if he had looked like just someone just like cut with ice mm-hmm. and glass mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know looked very perfect to proceed. Like let's just well. say, what's a good idol that has like a perfect? Oh, Taunu, Taunu yeah, from Astro. Taunu. Yeah. Is basically a perfect specimen, right? Right. He's if like Chalnu is falling all over this concrete ice and looking pretty worse for wear a lot of the time and looking really stupid, I don't think people would believe it. And being a doofus in in manners and like you yeah, know, how he's been the whole time, like not mm-hmm. just like the ice scene, but all of it yeah. wouldn't have worked nearly as well without Rain's kind of like not so like he didn't get plastic surgery, like you said, he didn't have like a quote unquote like you know beauty standards at that time or whatever a perfect face um it lends itself to his character being this goofy and ultimately endearing though very annoying (laughs) guy yeah yeah so at the end we have a happy ever after barbecue with the both of the of the leads we have hewan oh and that was shocking minhyuk both there at the barbecue in fact they carpooled to the barbecue At the Are house. Were they together? Like, I didn't know what was going on anymore. No, they, I, don't I don't think they were together. Okay. No. Okay. They're just happy in their lives. Like, how? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, whoa, this is throwing me a little bit because they were so, like, Minhyuk was so great, but then we have qualms with him anyway. And then Hewan was like a terrible bitch to her. Yeah. Throughout. I don't know why they kept Hewan in their lives because later, like, Hewan, Hewan's so fickle or something. Like, she very easily, like, when she's in something, she's in it. When she's out of something, she's out of it because she fell out of love with Minihuk, like, in one second. And then she, like, when she accepted their marriage as, like, f- you know, despite everything real enough, she was, like, done. She, like, stopped obsessing over Young Jae. She was, yeah. like, encouraging uh, Jiyeon. She's like, yeah, you should do this. You should do that. You should make up with him. You should yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then they just had this like rapport together. And I was like, I, I get it, but I also don't get it. Like, why are you still around? Like, I would be like, I would want her steal gone. My husband. Yeah. Yeah. I would want her out. I don't want On her at my house. Even yeah. if she was like friendly, nice or whatever later, I'd be like, well, yeah, don't be at my house. And also we're, we're going to meet up somewhere outside the house, not my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was a little bit odd, but okay, we'll take it. And then final shot is them riding bike together. And she has her own bicycle. Uh, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was great. That yeah. was good. Full circle. Full circle now moment. I'm curious about the, about the comic just to know if it was like that or not. or like. I don't know. I think... I don't know. And I don't think I want to read a 20-year-old comic right no, now. I don't think I have the bandwidth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have the energy... Uh, well, necessarily maybe we a summary somewhere <laughs> yeah maybe true true but anyway we've come to the end of my notes i don't know if you had stuff that you still wanted to mention before we get out of here because this is a bit of a long one but i think it's it's necessary full house is so iconic yeah, I don't have much else to say in terms of my notes, although I did write in my notes Hanjian work from home pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> You're right cuz she was working from home the whole time. Uh, the whole yeah. time. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. And I, and I still am bothered by like the fact that we really don't know either how dire her circumstances were when her parents died and she was alone in that house or how much maybe her friend Dongwook's family helped her. And I wish we had more of that. Mm-hmm. That's something I really missed. Even more than like where the other two second leads were coming from. I uh-huh. really wanted more of her like childhood stories. Yeah. But, the friends and. Because mm-hmm. we don't really have a frame of reference for how much they mean to her. We just know that they yeah. mean something to her. Enough exactly. to keep then, them in her life. I mean, I wanted to know how mad do I need to be at this guy for selling her house out from under her? <laughs> you know, because I was already mad enough. But like if you're if you were her benefactor or your family was rather during your guys's childhood. Yeah. And you did this to her, then you're even scummier than I thought. It's right. One thing to do. Then know? it's even like, worse. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but I, I recommend this show a lot. Yeah, I recommend it, too. If you've come this far and we spoiled the, all the things about this show for you. <laughs> Great. Now, I think you should definitely give it a watch, even though it could be shortened. A lot of these fights just seem repetitive and the plot is not really a plot, but it's fine. Like, this really does work. I like this show a lot. It's four out of five for me and it's criminally dated, but in a really fun way. I mean, uh, it's fun. Yeah, it feels like a time capsule. When someone gets a fax, I was shocked. My job dropped. Oh, stop. (laughs) The fax. And the flip phones. One last thing, action. One last note <laughs> is that I miss flip phones. The they're coming back. Aren't the they? the flourish, the satisfaction yes. of shutting the phone after you had a bad conversation, you got in a fight over the phone, or he's not coming to pick you up. Whatever the case was in the show, I was like, oh god, I miss that. And the little charms that you put on the phone. I know those were cute. Oh, I yeah. missed it. I missed it so much. Damn, I miss a flip phone. And then they could throw the phone anywhere they wanted. The f- they didn't have to charge it all the time. You remember those times? You didn't have to charge your phone every night? Well, that's because a text costs like 25 cents to send. So you weren't really using it. You were much. calling people. You couldn't go on the internet. It would charge you. Like, yeah. it, was, it was the time. And now, like, I have a diaper on my iPhone. Like, it's literally, it's, it's a baby. I have to take care of it. I know you look at it wrong and it's like decides not to work. I'm right. Gonna- <laughs> it's like mm, software update needed. Oh, God. Anyway, so I think that on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much, Mina, for dropping by, for Thank watching you. this show and for just being game to go back to 2004 with me. What a time. Anytime back to 2004. Anytime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where can we find you online in case people haven't heard you on some of the other Debok episodes? I am on Instagram at K-pop bookshelf, all one word. And that's the main place you're going to find me. Nice. All right. We're going to get out of here. That's been our show. I'm Jessica. And this has been the Devil K Rambles podcast. Nika.